The following is an exclusive presentation of Pirate Radio Digital Media. Brought to you by Brown and Wood, Buick GMC, Cadillac and Mazda. Hey Pirate Nation, this is Tom Brown from Brown and Wood Buick GMC Truck. We've been serving the Pirate Nation in Eastern North Carolina for 83 years. We have four brands, three generations, two showrooms, and one goal to make sure you leave a happy customer. We're located on Greenville Boulevard next to the Convention Center or shop us online at brownandwoodauto.com. The following is an exclusive presentation of Pirate Radio, the voice of the Pirate Nation. Welcome to Pirate Radio Live. You can paint this with purple. Now live from the Pirate Radio studios in the heart of the Pirate Nation, here is your host, Clip Brock. All right, welcome in to a Victory Wednesday edition of Pirate Radio Live, coming off an East Carolina basketball win, and one of you will have a big victory in hour number three of today's show because we are opening up the Pirate Radio treasure chest for the first time in 2021, and we'll do it every day throughout the remainder of the month as we are on the air here on pirate radio so get the dialing finger ready we got some awesome prizes we'll run down those prizes throughout today's program leading up to the five o'clock hour and our first treasure chest winner of the holiday season we got a lot to get to here today on pirate radio 92.7 fm in greenville 104.1 in washington 1250 930 also online pr927fm.com if you want to be a part of the show you can chime in on facebook live or on youtube with a question or comment and we are ready to roll here on a wednesday got shirley Rhodes, chandler honeycutt here in the pirate radio studios coming up in about 20 minutes or so we'll hear what joe dooley had to say last night following east carolina's one point victory over old dominion the second win of the season already against odu and the pirates remain perfect at home we will recap that one and hear what joe dooley had to say coming up in a little bit molly joins us at four o'clock we'll talk about major league baseball hot stove looks like a lockout could be coming for mlb so you got that you got all the big contracts plus we'll talk college football coaching carousel and nfl in the four o'clock hour with molly we will talk pirate hoops and pirate football with the voice jeff charles he was on the call last night as east carolina knocked off odu so we'll talk about that and get jeff's thoughts on the wild world of uh, college football coaching got that on the way in hour two and bryce williams back inside the pirate radio studios coming up in hour three of today's show plus once again we'll open up the pirate radio treasure chest all right we got all of that and a big football game coming up friday night in greenville north carolina because the jh rose uh, rampants just won't stop the winning they win again last week and that means we have to open up today's show as we've done the past uh four wednesday shows with will bland the former pirate wide receiver who is now the very successful head coach of the jh rose rampants he joins us today on the fixed nc live line will it's a it's an old tradition at this point nice to have you back on the show how you doing man i'm doing pretty good appreciate being back on the show congratulations on another win this time jh rose knocking off scotland on friday night this one part of a greenville doubleheader east carolina played cincinnati on friday afternoon and then some night football friday night lights as jh rose got the win 49 28 will uh, let's recap that one real quick uh what did your team do well on friday night allowing you to get that 21 point victory 
Well, they are. Um, the defense played great. Um, we were able to just um, try to slow down their running um, game, which uh, he still ran for almost 200 yards. But um, they were able to get some turnovers, um, get some big plays, and I think our offense just did a fantastic job of capitalizing some of them turnovers and giving them a good cushion the whole night. Not really obstacles, Will, but it was a different week with Thanksgiving and kids out of school. So how did you and, and the team, I guess the players specifically, handled that with some time away from school? You you said last week, I know that you uh, you didn't have to worry too much about them, you know, getting there and everything with the, with it being a home game. And, and you were happy about that. But how about the Thanksgiving Thursday and, and playing football on the Friday after Thanksgiving? How did all that go for you? Oh, it, was, it was great. I mean, we came out Thursday morning and um, we put the Christian music up out there and the kids had a great time <laughs> doing a little walkthrough um, for an hour. Um, just being out there hanging out with the with the guys, um, knowing that we had a football game the next day was fantastic. And then on Friday, um, we just went back to our normal routine. Guys got here at 2.30 and then we just started our pregame ritual. And Will, the, the football season can fly by uh, with a you know a ten game schedule. Well, you're heading into game fifteen, so at this point, you better hope your your locker room's good and the players like each other because they've been around each other for a long time. And uh, sounds like you got that under control. How about the the bonding, the the team unity at this point in the season? That's got to be at an all time high right now. It is, it is, and um, it's speed volume how they came together, even as we started 0-3, and, and, you know, the, all that doubt in the air. You got people talking about um, how how we wasn't good and stuff, but the team stayed together. They um, buckled down. They came out to practice every day and then um, got this stuff turned around. Now you, we just got everybody's support, everybody coming out wishing as well. So um, the team bonding has been great, and uh, we look forward to this week and hopefully next week. Well, Will, uh, kind of cliche, but it rings true. Your regular season and your conference prepared you for this playoff run because the teams you play in the conference are playoff caliber teams. And now this week, we, we mean that quite literally with Jacksonville. Uh, you've already seen them once this year. The Cardinals and Rampants faced off on a Tuesday night uh, in uh, the, the 28th of September, and you won that game, and now you get them again coming up this week. Take us back to that game, Will, and, uh, and what you remember from your win over Jacksonville. He either remembers nothing or we lost him. Okay, got There he is. <laughs> All right, Will. What do you remember about that win over uh, Jacksonville earlier this year? Well, I just remember it. we were two and three coming off um, two game win streak after going zero and three, and just um, the team um, ability to um, stop the run. And then I think they at that point finally realized that they was a decent team, a good team that we could play against some of them um, caliber teams in our conference. So I was very proud of them then, and then I think that was started um, the run that we had, the success that we've been seeing because. We knew that they were a very good Jacksonville team and was able to handle our own with them. And, uh, again, this, them, they come into this week. They're going to be a very good team. They're well coached. We just got to make the less mistakes and um, execute better than they do. Well, that's that's got to be a great feeling when you see kind of the light go on for your team and, and they realize that they – they belong and uh, and they can win football games. And you talked about your your pirate career, uh, you know, kind of a low point there earlier in your career. And then you got the ship turned around with skip holds and going back to a bowl game. And so you've experienced that yourself as a player in the locker room. And when you see your team start zero and three or start behind against Jacksonville, and then the thing the the, the switch just flips and they start playing well, that's got to make you feel good as a coach now. 
It does. It does. You, um, you, you saw it. I'm thinking we're down 14 nothing, and you just saw that the team uh, flipped their head. Guys, we just take a little bit step by step. We don't have to hit the home run every every play. We just got to gradually chip away. And once they start believing in that, then the good things start happening. So I'm very proud that they they have that mentality where, hey, we're never out of the game. We just got to keep going, keep getting better, keep preparing, keep making tackles, keep making big plays, and then eventually we can get back into a game and hopefully come out on top. Will, when you play a team and you know the opponent, you know their coaches, you know what they like to do, then they know the same about you. Do you, you know, is it more important to fine tune what you do well because they know they might know what's coming, or do you have a new wrinkle, a few new wrinkles that you add this week since they do know you so well? well you know, how do you handle that part of it? Well, you just got to you got to fine tune what you have. You uh, you got to look at the tape and you got to look what see what worked well. And then you got to try to find stuff that you might be able to expose the other team with. So you might put a little bit of wrinkle in, but not that many. You just want to go back to what worked well that night, um, what didn't work well, and then try to um, fix that, and then try to improve on that, and then try to do the same thing when you play them again. Well, let's get some folks out there. Uh, I know, I'm sure tickets already are uh, at a premium right now, but if people want to get tickets and, and things like that, what do they need to do for Friday night? Well, they can come to the school. I uh, know they uh, pre-selling tickets at school for $10 this whole week, and I think they're also doing that in, at Jacksonville High School also, and then we sell them at the gate, so you know you always can get the ticket when you come to the gate and stuff, but if you want to try to avoid the line, I would try to get the pre-sale tickets at the school so you won't have to wait in that long line. Good deal. So uh, a few days left for you to uh, to take advantage of that pre-sale, and then if not, you can head out there and watch it uh, Friday night. This is another 7.30 start time, Will? Yes, sir. 7.30 start time. Under the lights. All right. Under the lights, and let's uh, let's hit it one more time before we let you go. Uh, the, the keys for your team. What, what, do you, uh, what do you need to do well on Friday night to beat this Jacksonville team for the second time? Well, I know it's going to sound crazy, but I'm going to say it again. we got to stop the run. I've been saying it for the last five weeks. If we can stop that that great option attack that they have, um, that good running back uh, June and Ben in the combination, get fortunate and throwing the ball a little bit, then I think we'll be a successful team. And, you know, just get the balls in, on offense to our playmakers, J.G., Michael Allen, Clayvon. You know, he had a big game last week. Let them guys go out there and show their skills, then I think we'll be successful and hopefully we'll be moving on to the next round, which is the state championship. Will, best of luck to you and your team coming up Friday night, 7.30. It's the Eastern Final against Jacksonville. And uh, next Wednesday, 3 o'clock, is an open spot ready for you again, Will. So let's let's get another W. Well, sounds good. I look forward to that. <laughs> All right, there he is. Will Bland joining us for the fifth straight Wednesday at 3 o'clock. And once again, I, I'm a Conley Viking, but I'm a Will Bland fan. So go – can I say go Rose? Go Rose. Oh, <laughs> this you is, did it. You did it. This is tough, man. This you is, did it. Yeah, well, you know. Oh, my gosh. Oh my. I hope Nate Connors is not listening. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, how do you think he feels about this right now? How, how do the Conley folks feel about what I'm what I'm doing here? I'm helping Rose advance in the playoffs. It's kind of disgusting. but I mean, it is what it is, but we're all bland stands. <laughs> <laughs> when did you think of that? Just now? When you said I'm a Bland fan, (laughs) I said I've got something better. (laughs) I got something in the crock pot just kind of cooking up. Sizzling. (laughs) It's going to come out hot, too. (laughs) And man, did it come out hot. Bland stands. Uh, Charlie, you a Bland stand? The American Bland stand? I was going to say that. All right, Chandler, you can't get – you know, we had a guy in the parking lot during the pregame, during a break. Yeah. 
walk up to us and he looked at me and he was like you you do you do a great job you you've gotten a lot better you do a great job but this guy here and points at chandler he's oh, like no. this, this is the guy <laughs> oh no so chandler i'm i'm starting to you're not that guy pal. Trust me. you're not that guy <laughs> that guy came up to me and told me i'm not that guy pal. And, the, and said you're that guy pal you're chandler, that guy you're the guy pal i right. am that wow. guy so next time, i'm glad i wasn't out there i can't imagine what he would have said to me and this girl <laughs> so chandler next Dang. time there's an american bland stand just sitting there let me grab it first point it out because you are a good pointer i'm a good pointer uh but uh there you go so, good stuff how y'all doing today? good man I'm i love that conversation with coach bland i actually had the honor of playing in the eastern regional championship and it is uh honor and privilege honor and privilege we had to play plymouth which is not too far from here uh and got our ass whooped 28 to nothing <laughs> <laughs> um Robert points out that while both uh, Chandler and I came across American Blandstand very quickly, and Chandler got it in first, uh, he did say Troy said it first, though. (laughs) 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 Thank you, Robert, for that. That's going to be a reoccurring joke, I feel, on this program moving forward. Of course. Um, So, yeah, man. uh, What what was that playoff run like for you, Chandler, when you get that late in the season? Uh, You're not used to all those games. Practicing like, on Thanksgiving is weird. Yeah. You know, and uh, we we had an early morning practice uh, on Thanksgiving. They allowed us to go and eat with our families later that afternoon. But uh, just being still being in football pads and practicing for a football game late in November is uh, very weird, but it also it means a lot. And, you know, um, it's fun the the journey that we went on that year because we really didn't expect to to go that far and we had to go through some tough teams pamlico was one of them we beat them in and uh two overtimes at pamlico the very next week we got a home game because a lot like jh rose um you know when, when a higher seed gets undefeated and you'll be able to get that uh that uh, home field advantage late in the playoffs it's it's a fun time and so uh, but Plymouth had a really good football team they had uh, Raquan Purvis oh who, yeah who I had I had to block Raquan Purvis who ended up coming here to East Carolina um, and then the very next year my senior year we went to the second round of the playoffs and lost to the Tarboro Vikings who had three running backs <laughs> uh, over a thousand yards rushing so, yeah yeah um, Chandler had a bit of a a rant a little bit of a meltdown earlier today <laughs> and speaking of your playing days what was that all about what the rant yeah well and we'll talk about this later I, I'm, on. I am talking about it right now that's why i bring it up so you know the american conference come out with their you know their honors today mm-hmm. the all all first team second great to team. see owen daffer and keaton mitchell rightfully on the first team oh where, where where's jaquan mcmillan on that first team i don't know he did make great second question. team uh, I thought that was ridiculous, but what's even more ridiculous is that they honor every single position except the long snapper position. Yeah, you honor a punter and you honor a kicker. How does that play start with the long snapper? And it's well, like that in every conference. Technically, and maybe John Young made the team, the second team, because of his holding. But uh, what about the holders? Do they? Deserve- How do they get the ball clip, Brock? Where does, where does that where does that ball come from? The long snapper. Are you? I mean, I'm just calling a spade a slade. <laughs> does Slade Roy deserve more credit? As a true freshman, yes. Yeah. 
So started every game. Chandler uh, has signed a petition, petition.org, to allow long snappers to be on the all conference. I mean, isn't that crazy? You, 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 nah, not really, but I mean, you, you honor. But I like that you're raising awareness for it, and I like your points, and they make sense. I mean, we're talking about every position in football except one. You'd literally have no punts and no field goals without the long snapper. Thank you. I mean, I rest my case. I mean, I'm done. <laughs> okay. I'm done. I mean, let's get that out there. Because there's plenty of great long snappers in this conference and across the country. I agree. And we got one here at East Carolina who's going to start for the next three years. And that is why... And I'm just calling a slate a spade. That is why later on uh, this month, Chandler is going to come out with his first, second, and third team all long snappers for college football this year. All right. All right. <laughs> so, get that ready. Uh, congratulations to Keaton Mitchell. Owen oh, Daffer, like, so the Memphis game, he had a few field goals, right? He had like three or four. Yeah, short field goals. He was the, the conference player, uh, special teamer of the week. Then he hits the game winner. I, I mean, before that Memphis game, that if you told me Owen Daffer was going to be the All Conference first team kicker, I would have said as a freshman. Why? Like he hadn't, you know, he's kicked a few field goals. He's done okay, but he uh, was crucial in the the wins over Memphis and Navy, which helped East Carolina get <laughs> to a bowl game. And is it crazy that his very first kick of the season was a missed extra point? Yes, and. Since and then, here we are. And then since then, he's pretty much been automatic. How it started, how it's going. I think that's how it goes. I think so. Uh, Owen Daffer, Keaton Mitchell, first team. What a year for Mr. 1000, Keaton Mitchell. Tyler Sneed, Jaquan McMillan, Bruce Bivens, and John Young, uh, named to the second team all-conference. And uh, congrats to Bruce. I uh, love to see yep. all his hard work over the years paying off with that honor and uh and going to a bowl game yeah the games that i have been able to go to this year in dowdy ficklin stadium it seems like morgan aylers is consistently calling bruce bivens's name on the tackle yeah and last night chandler we were at the uh, basketball game which we'll get to in a moment and we'll hear what joe dooley had to say after the game uh we saw warren saba and he walked by and we said what's up hello and then I had a chance as we were walking out at halftime to uh, congratulate him on his two interceptions on his final game Thank you, man. at Daddy Ficklin Stadium. He said, Thank you. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. He's got, he's got a cool voice. He should be like a lounge singer or something. <laughs> yeah. He's got a uh, – but uh, good to see. There was a lot of football players at the game last night supporting the basketball Pirates, and they got a W, and when we return – We'll recap that and hear what Joe Dooley had to say following East Carolina's one-point win. I've given my thoughts on Twitter. I'll I'll bring them to this program. What Old Dominion did at the end of that game, and I'm I love ECU basketball. I, I graduated from East Carolina University. Big fan. Was happy the team won, but I am still disappointed, upset, quite frankly, peeved. And what Old Dominion did at the end of that game and the final play they called. Inexcusable. We'll, we'll talk about that, too, when we return on Pirate Radio Live on a Treasure Chest Wednesday. Back with you after this.
listening to Hour One of Pirate Radio Live. Do you need custom t-shirts, apparel, or promotional items for your business, organization, or event? Keep it local. Print it local with University Sportswear. Contact them today at universitysportswearenc.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. The best place in Greenville to unwind after work and have fun is AJ McMurphy's. AJ says daily food and drink specials and an awesome patio. Perfect for some outdoor dining. There's something for everyone every weeknight, including sports trivia with our very own Clip Rock. AJ's has live music every Friday and Saturday with no cover and brunch every Sunday. Make today an AJ's day. Now let's head back in to Pirate Radio Live. Here is your host, Clip Rock. All right, the questions are done, ready to go for tonight's sports trivia at AJ's. I'm excited because uh, round three, college football heavy. Got some good questions. Can't wait. With college football. And uh, we'll have our regular teams. We'll have Ronnie Woodward and Steven Igo bringing okay. the team tonight. So. I thought I heard that on the street. I thought that was the word on the street. Rumors uh, surrounding the area that they will be there tonight. So I have a question, Quip. Clip. Quip. <laughs> Quip. What's your what question? What was that? What did you just say? What's your question? I, was try- I, I sounded like Elmer <laughs> Fudd all of a sudden. Um, are you doing a sports trivia on the 22nd? Uh, December, uh, yeah, plan to uh, because we should have like we did one the night before Thanksgiving last week and actually had a good crowd of locals. So, Hmm. um, yes, I plan to. Yes, okay, I may make an appearance. Oh, a Shirley, let me know if you do. I will join a hundred percent. I will have a um, maybe a full round, but at least a run on some Shirley related questions things, ah. things you like things i like stuff like that women's okay national yeah. team women's national team maybe some women's basketball WNBA. maybe some yeah red Sox, red Sox. dolphins dolphins just stuff that surely stuff surely round yeah uh i love to ask a question about what cubs center fielder hit three home runs on opening day back in the early 90s yeah surely surely you would ask that question because the answer is Carl, I think his first name was, but he went by Tuffy Rhodes. Ah. Very random. Very random. Sports thing that I recall. Mm. So, uh, I don't know. I could ask um, Xavier Rhodes. Who are some other Rhodes? Rhode Island. <laughs> Look, I can figure it out. Well, I've had my name misspelled. Dust, Dusty Rhodes. Yeah. <laughs> a million times, and R-O-A-D-S tends to be the one that country roads yeah take me home yep all right last night in mingy's coliseum that was a weird one chandler like it was it wasn't really a malice at the palace it was kind of very it was very civil last night i know we talked that up too much i knew that would happen yeah. we were like ready for a fight and everybody just got along and played basketball so. boring <laughs> <laughs> pirates win it by one and it was i hope uh Dr. James Naismith is resting peacefully in his grave and was not rolling over at the end of that game last (laughs) night with the Pirates missing the front end of a one-and-one twice and Old Dominion having the worst late game with 4.3 seconds on the clock play in organized basketball history. I didn't want to focus so much on that as the positive, which was the first half listening because I was was driving around and I was listening to – jeff charles on the call and jeff i don't know how many times he said 
The Pirates are lighting it up from three-point range. Three cola. And, and man, with the three goggles out last night. Yeah, they, I mean, Jeff was getting pretty excited. He was like, my we, goodness. We've been waiting for this Vance Jackson coming out party. And oh, yeah. Man, oh, yeah. He came out. Last night was the night because yeah. he, I think he led the Pirates with 21 points. Six to seven from three. Now, it was uh, kind of a tale of two halves, halves. of a half. Okay. Because the beginning of the game, when Old Dominion came out in that zone, it looked like East Carolina had never faced a zone in their lives. And and credit to Old Dominion, they were busting their tails on defense and making it impossible for East Carolina to get anything going. But when you can hit the three, uh, that is a zone buster, a zone killer. And East Carolina settled down, got open looks, and then just it started raining in Minji's. So great job adjusting by Joe Dooley uh, and the coaching staff and a great job knocking down the shots by the Pirate players. Uh, Vance Jackson did hit six threes last night. I'm a Brandon Suggs guy. He was three for five from deep. Tristan Newton, three for six. R.J. Felton, Mm, two for four from three. And Tremont, Robinson White, added a three-pointer as well. As a team, East Carolina, 15 of 27 from three. Uh, they made 15 three-pointers. They made seven two-pointers last night. Wow. Yeah, there was a point in the game where we were like over from the two-point I go. Oh, yeah. I didn't realize it. I go tweeted it out at one point, East Carolina, and I'll get the tweet here in a moment. Um, it was funny. Walking back to my seat uh, at halftime, Chandler, uh, a gentleman walks up to me and says, do you know who I am? And I said, you're Mr. Igo, aren't you? It was Stephen Igo's dad. Oh wow! <laughs> and uh, do you know who I am? He said, "Man, we can hit threes, but we can't do nothing inside the three-point line." And I said, "Yeah, I didn't realize it until your son tweeted it out." And I am really stalling. All right, so this was in the first half. I go tweeted East Carolina is seven of ten from three, zero for eight from two. <laughs> wow! <laughs> who needs twos when you can hit threes? And that was very early on in the game when East Carolina had a 23-14 to 14 lead. Old Dominion, this was similar to their first game when the Pirates won by 13, where East Carolina had a nice lead at half. The difference in this one was Old Dominion actually came back and took a lead late in the game. Inside of a minute, East Carolina trailed, but Brandon Suggs went in the lane, hit the uh, shot, which was the go-ahead shot and uh, eventually turned out to be the game-winning shot. Let's hear uh, – oh, go ahead. I was just going to say that it was civil last night in Minji's, but they were very physical under the basket, and the referees were letting them play last night. They were. Uh, yeah. I, I would say – and and then they, they would call some chippies, which would get me upset because if you're going to let them play, let them play or either call the chippies on both sides. But I thought the referees – uh, let them be physical last night, like you said. And kind of like the game in Myrtle Beach, which got out of control a little bit, but last night it never really got out of control. Uh, let's hear Joe Dooley's opening comments after the one-point victory last night for the Pirates 63-62 over Old Dominion. Uh, I thought we did some good things. Uh, the first half especially, I thought the ball moved a little bit better. They did a nice job of changing up their zone coverages. After a slow start, and we turned it over quite a bit. I thought we did a nice job to get the ball moving. I thought the same thing happened for a little longer spurt in the second half where they got us a little bit stagnant offensively, and then they did a nice job of really hard hedging ball screens. Um, and then now the other thing we need to do is 
when they did a hard edge, we need to make some layups. I think the other day we had 12 shots in the restricted circle. We missed it. We probably had a bunch of them again today. So we need to finish some of those at the uh, at the rim. But I thought the guys played hard. I thought we did some some good things and uh, you know uh, got the defensive stop doing the game. So it was good. All right, Joe Dooley there. The end of this game was just an absolute drag. So because they were letting them play, Old Dominion had three fouls with like less than two minutes left to go in the second half. So they had to foul, 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 foul to finally send the Pirates to the line for a one and one So there was a lot of stoppages. You had Brandon Suggs miss a front end of a one and one and Old Dominion gets the rebound, 4.3 seconds left to go. They take a timeout. So you got a timeout, which gives Jeff Jones, the coach of Old Dominion, a lot of time to draw up a play. They go back out. East Carolina shows them a look. They take a look at Old Dominion, and then they call a timeout. So another timeout. What are these, like two, two and a half minutes? You got like four or five minutes to diagram the play you want. And then Old Dominion comes out. 4.3 seconds. Referee hands the Old Dominion player the ball. And he closes his eyes and throws it to nobody all the way across the court. He did throw it to somebody. His name was Brandon Johnson. What was the play? I don't know. What what was... It was like a miracle heave. And this... Hey, there's four seconds on the clock, not point four. In four seconds, you can get the ball to your guard. He can take it up the court. He can get a freaking layup if he's got a path. If not, he could kick it out to a guy to shoot a three. If not, if somebody picks him up at half court, he can dribble, shoot a three. Instead, they just throw it to four pirates. Brandon Johnson standing there, catches the ball. It's like he's surprised. Like maybe i'm missing something here i just thought it was the dumbest play i've ever seen at the end of a game with 4.3 seconds maybe because it was one i and i mean it was so shocking i need to get coach mac or mike Steele or somebody who's been in basketball to tell me what they were attempting to do on this play because it made zero sense to me watching it live he threw it into double coverage There was two pirates and one monarch down there. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, Mike <laughs> pointed out, because I put up a video of it today, even if he caught it, he's in the corner with his momentum going out away from the basket, and he said there is nothing right about this play. I, Christian Leitner in the Kentucky game, Duke had like one second to do something. So what was it Thomas Hill threw it, and Leitner caught it, turned, shot. Spin. yeah. You got 4.3 seconds to get the ball at the court, and they just do this dumb. It's so. And it's not like he even sat there with the ball for a long time. As right soon as he ref, got the ball, the ref handed him the ball. He just he killed it. He heaved it. He just said, you know what? Screw it. And he threw it the full length of the court. <laughs> it really is maddening because, look. It's what? like an episode of Impractical Jokers where they like have it, like an earbud in his ear and say, "Hey, all right, now throw it across the court with four seconds left." Does the guy so that during the first time out, Jeff Jones says, "All right, here's the play." Right when you get the ball from the ref, you just throw it. I, I, don't even worry about looking; just throw it as far as you can. Just look, just throw it, Coach. What if uh, what if Brandon Johnson's there? I don't care. You throw the ball like I taught you to. Throw it all the way down the court to nobody. All right, Coach, I got you. 
So then they go out on the court. Then ECU calls the timeout. They go back to the huddle. Coach, you want to uh, you want to draw up something else? No. Right when the ref hands you the ball, you throw it. You close your eyes, have at it, and just throw it. Coach, what if there's four guys? I don't care. What did I tell you? Throw. What did I tell you? Chunk the ball to East Carolina and let them win so we can go home. Because we have wasted all day traveling to Greenville, playing our tails off for 55, 50, wait, 49 minutes and 55 seconds. And instead of trying to win this game, we are just going to completely crap our pants here on the court and do something that makes zero sense that has zero chance to work. It's so frustrating as a basketball fan. I know, and I'm glad ECU won, and I want Jeff Jones fired as the head coach of Old Dominion. Tonight! I mean, what a waste. What a joke. Pack your bags. Anyway, Joe Dooley talked about defending whatever that was. (laughs) (laughs) That last play. Cut two, Charlotte. Well, we we talked about keeping everybody in front. Uh, We we were lined up behind the guards and the slots, and they had the big fella, had the zip key at the half court, so we figured something was going wrong. There was a guard behind them, so we we switched it. We had, um, if you look on, Brandon Johnson was actually guarding the guard, and, and Tristan Newton was guarding the zip key. So when they threw it, Brandon, that's how Brandon was standing there. And I wasn't sure they were going to try to throw it to the big fellow and then hand it back or anything, but uh, we were fortunate that uh, Brandon was able to steal the ball. Uh, all right. So East Carolina had whatever it's that was. It's not much of a steal, coach. <laughs> it's not. The ball was thrown straight to him. <laughs> It's not a steal. That's a reception. <laughs> well, interception. Uh, good grief. Jonathan says maybe he was trying to throw it straight into the basket. <laughs> uh, oh, man. Josh. I mean, it was the clown show last night between that and then the Trice guy not dunking successfully twice and Menji's maniacs just letting him have it. <clears throat> that was fun because they – so he missed a dunk maniacs were getting on him you can't dunk went to the free throw line missed and they were um they were chanting you can't dunk he made one and then gestured to the crowd and that's what really you never don't do that don't acknowledge the crowd that just makes it worse so then the maniacs got on him even more of course he missed the next free throw (laughs) and then to top that off he missed yet another dunk and old dominion won by a loss by one point to which the maniacs responded to their Old Dominion's official Twitter after the game. If only could have made a dunk or two, he would have won this game tonight. Uh, Josh, who we talked to at halftime last night, said ODU's coach was hacking along all night. His mind wasn't clear. He has been, uh, I guess, out with COVID. And I did see him coughing uh, on the uh, bench last night. Well, according to the broadcast, he had pneumonia. Pneumonia? Yeah. Pneumonia? Pneumonia. Pneumonia. He didn't go to Myrtle Beach with the team. So yeah, maybe uh maybe maybe his mind wasn't clear. You're right, Josh. Uh Jay says on a good note, and boy, Jay goes back a while. I like this. I, I like remembering just rando games. Uh he says Julie Dooley was here his first time. We lost the Tubby Smith Georgia team because we didn't guard the player or throw in the inbounds. I was glad to see Dooley two set up our defense well. All right. Good point, Jay. Uh, what memory. What an awful play by Old Dominion. Awful. By the way, that's the second time ever by my research God. 
that East Carolina has beaten Old Dominion twice in the same season. And we used to play him every year twice in the CAA and couldn't get it done. What if he was the inbounded like he had some sense? They go down and score and win the game, <clears throat> and the coach is still mad. What did I tell you? Throw it down the court. <laughs> <laughs> but, Coach, we won. <clears throat> I don't care. Awful play. Awful play. Yeah, that was uh, that's tough to watch. You win the game on the last play of last week. <laughs> You don't come to Old Dominion. You don't play at Old Dominion. Because at Old Dominion, you, you throw, throw it, it the, the length of the court every time. Didn't quite work out for him last night. Kevin Cozart saying, I'll take an awful win over a loss. I'm not saying it was an awful win. I'm saying the play was awful. And whatever they drew up was awful. Absolutely, you take it. East Carolina this year so far has won the games they're supposed to win. And lost the games where they were underdogs to Oklahoma and to Davidson. I'm going to be honest with you, man. Please I look, do. I, I, want your I am honesty. an honest guy, and I'm about to be honest with you. Please I am do. to the point of being an East Carolina basketball fan. I've been an ECU basketball fan for a long time. I will take a win when you can get one. <laughs> okay. And, and you're not breaking any news here. And, and there's six. You're right. Six. But, I mean, two. you know, we there's times in football where we're like, man, that's an ugly win. I mean – you get a win in basketball, dude. I don't care how it looks. East Carolina just needed a buzzer beater to beat Coppin State. I don't care. And I'm not, I, yeah, I'm not claiming. Uh, I got so excited. Uh, Redbeard oh, says. Oh, they only won one game? Well, guess what? They ain't getting another. Chandler, cover your ears. Oh, I know what it says. I know what it says. Redbeard says he Cam Newton, the inbound pass. Oh. I saw it. I saw it, man. I, I saw it. You, have to, you don't have to. Repeat it. Okay. John Moody back on the side Seymour train says that was a good team. That was a good team in here last night. <laughs> to steal a phrase from old Cy. Should we even say who else jumped off the side train? Now there was some talk earlier. I, I don't even remember the scenario. And I what, can't even believe. I'm not even going to say it. What happened earlier, Chandler? I, I don't refresh my memory. Well, this was yesterday. I'm pretty sure. Okay, but. I know the person. It's a person that we know and that we're very close with. But I don't remember what happened. What did that? Because he. he what did he or she say? He he <clears throat> uh, referenced a person that I do not oh, like oh, and said talk. it was. Uh, yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. And I stated I was hopping off the train. I just want to say this to everyone listening: if you're if you hop off the South Seymour train, you're off my train. You're dead. Yeah. To us. Yep. Dead. Deceased. You are dead to me. <laughs> I can't even see you right here. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like that guy throwing the pass across the court last night. Couldn't see anything. All right. Uh, let's take and, a well, not only that, but can I now? Can I finish? Correct me if I'm wrong. Judging by your your commentary and replay that you tweeted out earlier today, the referee told the guy that was throwing the inbounds past it. Was that a spot? Okay, so or I, did he have baseline? Well, did, it was coming off a missed free throw, right, Chandler? So you can't run the baseline. Okay. Although right. it did look like it he looked said like you he could run was, the baseline. That's what I thought because I was like, well, why is he standing still? If you've got the length of the baseline, get yourself a better view. I guess the ref was saying, don't run the baseline while doing the run the baseline I, I, motion. I guess. I but don't no, know. That's a good point because when I watched the replay, I saw the ref doing that motion. 
and i was like wait a minute this came off a missed free throw timeout so yeah that's that's what confused me because i was like well then why is he standing still and basically throwing a blind pass you know to the other end of the court yeah i mean it ain't no christian leitner you know grant hill kind of situation here yeah i was trying to find a uh odu third half calling show last night but couldn't we're unsuccessful yeah i didn't really look that hard either but i would have loved uh to see the reaction of opposing fans after that play all right we got more joe dooley we also need to take a time out we'll come back have more for you on pirate radio live here on a uh, wednesday treasure chest day get ready get excited we'll run down the list of prizes uh here during the show throughout the show as well and we'll do it when we return after this of the part you're listening to hour one of pirate radio live do you need custom t-shirts apparel or promotional items for your business organization or event keep it local print it local with university sportswear contact them today at university sportswear enc.com now back to the show welcome back for the latest uh, breaking news interesting stories and awesome contests that can make you a winner including day one of the treasure chest Be sure to uh, follow Pirate Radio on our social media. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at PR927FM. Join the over 50,000 followers today. Now let's head back in to Pirate Radio Live. Here is your host, Cliff Rock. All right, Shirley, uh, I'm going to pull up the latest email from Mr. Ellerby of the updated treasure chest list of prizes. All right. And... Would you like to run those down real quick? Yeah, give me one second. I got to pull I, up my sheet. I like sheet. when we alternate the prizes. But it now just, this is going to be an updated sheet now. Yes, this is updated. Do you have an updated sheet, Sean? I wrote down the three the three uh, additional okay. prizes. All so. right, cool. Here we go. All right. Let's do... You do the first one. I'll do the second one. The third one we'll do at the same time. And then you, me, you, me, you, me the rest of the way. Got it? <sighs> Well, okay, so okay, so <laughs> I start, then you, yeah, together, then back to me. Correct. All right, let's Holy roll. Crap, I can't believe I actually remember that. Let's, okay, let's go. All right, here we go. Twelve large pizzas from Domino's of Greenville. Pirate gift basket from UBE. Takeout party for ten from Parker's Barbecue. Hundred dollar gift card from Emporium. Hundred dollar gift card from Chico's. Lazy Boy Recliner from Bostic Sug Furniture. Hundred dollar gift card to ENS Hemp Company. Hundred dollar gift card to Fresh Vibes. One hundred dollar gift card to Fleet Feet. Ultimate party package from Sawyer's Fun Park. Two hundred dollar gift card to Factory Mattress. One hundred forty dollar gift card to Revive Health and Wellness. Gift basket to Naughty Dog Brewing Company. One hundred dollar gift card to Tiebreakers. One hundred dollars in gift cards <laughs> to Dap House, Christie's Euro Pub, Sidebar, and Jarvis Street bottle shop $100 gift card to Halo Home $100 gift card to Bagel Man and a free one year VIP subscription to Hoist the Colors he's back I goes in with the Hoist the Colors giveaway so there you go that is what is in the treasure chest today we still could add some more prizes folks yep. uh, but that's in there now and one of you will win one of those coming up in hour three of today's show in fact I have the envelope here. 
and I don't even know what's in it, but the prize is in here, and at the appropriate time, we will open up the chest. You will call. We'll have one winner, and live on the air, you will find out what you've won. We'll have Bryce Williams alongside to help us out with the giving away of the prize today. (laughs) That should be fun. (laughs) So he needs to be the one that announces the prize. He's going to be calling his mom and dad and uh, fiance saying, yeah. "Get it now!" Yeah. Now the question is, yeah. now the question is, Eels. Well, yesterday uh, on Facebook Live, Steve Hill was calling his shot for the treasure chest. Steve Hill's going to get. It. He's going to get it one of these days. He always wins. What if Chad Moore wins this year? What so, if he wins today? Remind me of yeah. the uh, because the- last year he tried every. Every single day and could not win a prize. He went like almost two to three months without winning a prize. Yeah. And we were like pulling for him. Yeah. That, uh, you know, treasure chest last year. It became a storyline. Yes, it did. Can he get off the schneid? Uh, Speaking of the opposite of the schneid, Chandler, here's a trivia question for you. Shirley, you can participate too. Okay. Uh, Who was the only nfc team not to lose a game in november this year you got some good teams in there the packers oh my the Cardinals. God. is it the football team it's the washington football team <laughs> oh my God, cocky clip. i don't like cocky clip come on cocky clip the only nf nfc team to not lose a game in november wow now that's huge that is the hey when do you want to be playing your best uh, ball chandler in september no. In the preseason? No. No, you want to play it at the end of the season. November? Would that be a good month? That would. That would be a very good month. Just check. All right, well, there's a new I'm month on the horizon. There's I don't a, like cocky clip. There's a new month on the horizon. December. Can you believe? Can you believe it? Can you imagine? Do you think the players can believe that it's December? Will that affect the game coming up against the Raiders on Sunday? Uh, Steve is not only calling his shot, Steve is calling Chad's shot this year. Whoa! This guy is a shot caller. That's sportsmanship. Uh, John says that I got to get progressively faster with each item like we did last year. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Oh (laughs) no. Well, we got a long month ahead of doing this. Yeah, we we got roughly three weeks. Yeah. Yeah, it's been... All right, uh, let's hear a little more Joe Dooley before we take a break. Planning to hook up with Mike Mullis at 4 o'clock. We'll talk MLB Hot Stove. We'll talk Coaching Carousel, Pirates, and more. Uh, Joe Dooley's team hit a lot of threes last night. Did not hit a lot of twos and also did not get to the foul line a lot. And uh, he talked about why that was. Cut three. Oh, that, that, but I think the, the zone got us, and that this is something that we, we talked about and we need to do a better job. It, you know, you, you make a bunch of threes in the first half and you think it's going to happen. The law of average is going to catch up to you. And we, we need to get to the paint more. We didn't shoot many free throws against Coppin. Uh, but, you know, they, they played a lot of zone. Uh, they, they, they played some timely zone possessions that put us in a little bit of a spot. But uh, part of that, I think, that we didn't get to the free throw line was because we didn't, we didn't attack. And a lot of it was also because they played a lot of zone. And they had to foul a bunch even at the end to get us to the bonus. Vance Jackson, high scorer last night for ECU. We've been waiting around for that one, and we saw it last night on display. And Stephen Igo asked uh, Coach Dooley about Vance looking more comfortable on the court. Cut four. He did, and he had a couple good passes after he settled down. We, we turned it over. I think we turned it over six or seven times in the first five minutes, and some of them were just, you know, pass and catch type deals, pass fake, get the ball moving. But I thought he, 
he took so as a matter of fact I wish he would have taken a couple more threes he had one in front of our bench that he shot faked and drove that I wish he would have probably just shot the three and but I did think he was poised and he didn't he didn't try to do too much and I thought he was better defensively also great to see uh, Vance Jackson with a big night last night on the offensive end also there was a time in the game where a player went to check in and I looked at him and said, I don't recognize that guy. But I was almost too scared to ask Chandler or my dad who it was because I kind of know my ECU basketball, right? And my dad, as I was thinking that, said, is that Leston checking in? And it is uh, the first time we've seen him, Chandler, this yep. year playing Marlon a game. Marlon Leston. And almost looked um, – you could tell it was his first action. He was just uh, – he didn't look super comfortable out there. But it was great to see him make his debut, and he's only going to get more comfortable as the games go along. Joe Dooley talked about his debut. Cut five, Charlie. Well, I mean, he's been getting—he's been at every disadvantage for what happened. You know, getting here late this summer, and uh, then having to, uh, you know, quarantine all those type of deals. But he's—he's he's getting in better shape. He's a really, a really hard worker. He wants to please. I thought he did a nice job for not having been in the game. You know, battling with the Zipke and batting with Trice and. Uh, he did what he was supposed to on, on his defensive assignments. Uh, made one little mistake, which could happen because he was excited. Got called for an illegal screen. But Marlon gave us good minutes, and hopefully uh, he'll grow into some minutes. All right, there is Joe Dooley. We'll hear more from him coming up later on in today's show. We'll wrap up hour number one, head into hour number two. I uh, gave my stat a moment ago. The only NFC team to go undefeated in November. The stat the, to consider. The Washington football team. Uh, John on Facebook Live says they lost to they lost on October 31st to the Broncos. Who cares, John? I'm not here to I'm not a history major. I'm not here to talk about the past. And that was in October. 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 Do you know how long ago that was? Do you know how much has changed in the world since October? Who cares what happened in October? Come on, guys. That was your guy, John. Shirley. Oh, is that the one that That's hit Johnny D. Uh-oh. Mr. Bronco. Johnny D. Telling me uh, about Be careful. Come on, guys. Hey, John, you want to talk about the past? I remember Washington playing Denver in a Super Bowl in the past. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. And Doug Williams lighting their ass up. <laughs> All right, let's take a timeout. We'll come back. Anything happened today? Did a coach leave? Like, did Nick Saban leave for somewhere? Or not that I'm aware of. Nah, I don't think so. Hey, it's been quiet. But you always got to keep your eyes open. Chandler was in a good mood earlier oh, yes, today. Yes, I was. But it's only reports because he saw some rando report about Matt Rule leaving Carolina to go to where Oklahoma. It makes sense. Chandler, and I'm rooting for my buddy Matt Rule. I'm rooting for. Chandler is trying to expedite this. Take the job and yeah. succeed, my friend. <laughs> Let's take a break. We'll come back and have more for you on Pirate Radio Live after this. Washington. You're listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. Save lives, be a hero, and make $700 your very first month donating plasma at Griffles Biomat USA. It's the easiest way to make extra money. Start now at Biomat USA on 505 South Memorial Drive. Make up to $700 in a month and save lives now at Griffles Biomat USA. A better donor experience and better pay. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Villa Verde on 10th Street and Villa Verde 
dosed by the hospital are open for you, serving unique and healthy dishes from the Dominican Republic. Order online at myvillaverde.com or the Villa Verde app. Order a family meal that feeds six to seven people, and they will have it ready for curbside pickup today. Whether it's dine-in or takeout, Villa Verde is a platform for good. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip Brock. All right, back with the hour two of Pirate Radio Live. I had a rough realization during the break. Uh, Jonathan on Facebook Live said, Cocky Clip is turning into Don't Make Me Angry Clip. I am really getting a little cocky for a guy who roots for a team that doesn't have a winning record. <laughs> like, they're five and six. So I can't handle success. We talk a lot about can the players for east carolina handle success handle a pat on the back well i can't do that clearly uh chandler real quick are you sitting down i'm reading the tweet that i think that you're going to read too (laughs) is there regarding matt rule yes it's from bruce (laughs) yep we are on the same wavelength here i've seen some speculation about matt rule to ou was told that is not happening what does he know you are not the next coach at OU. What, what does he know? What yeah. does Bruce Feldman know? Is yeah. he kin to Tyler Feldman? Because if that's the case, he don't know jack squat. Wow. Feldman's feelings at an all-time low here. I'm just kidding. I miss Tyler. He's a good friend of mine. Is he? Not really. <laughs> but you do kind of miss him. But I do, he's no, not I do, a good I do miss the guy. So right. I, do, I do miss him. Uh, Brett McMurphles says... The college football playoff does not make a decision today to expand the playoff. They will continue to talk and talk and talk. So, nothing there. I just wanted to let you know, be prepared. Why? Because when I... I be prepared? No, no, no. Because when Mully answered the phone, I said, hey, are you ready to go on with Clip? He said, hell yeah. All right. Uh That kind of makes me nervous. Mike (laughs) Mullis joins us on the Fixed NC Live Line. Call him first, 999-0001, if you uh, need some repairs. Uh, Molly, how you doing, man? I'm good, buddy. How are you? Good, good. Um, where to begin? Molly, uh, we got MLB stuff to talk about, but let's start with the uh, the coaching carousel. How, you know, it's crazy every year. I'm trying to figure out if I'm just living in the moment, and, and that's why I think this is the craziest it's ever been. Um, and, and But maybe it is. Lincoln Riley leaving a job he could have stayed at maybe forever and kept winning big 12 and going to the playoff and eventually trying to win one of those things he skips off to usc and then brian kelly uh never hear of a coach leaving notre dame for another college job he uh in the middle of the night decides to head to baton rouge to take over lsu uh well what's your take on all this molly so first off, I would disagree with you from the fall process for Lincoln Riley. So here's kind of my take on it. They go to the SEC West. Uh, three years after that move, Lincoln finds that they're sitting in third place fairly consistently, maybe get up to second, uh, and they fire Lincoln uh, is, is what what is, is going to quite possibly happen to whoever they hire when they make that move into the uh, SEC so I think him making the move he made plus, you bring in the factor as strong as the NIL uh, deal is right now, the name, image, and likeness stuff, where in the world is a better, more high-profile place to be than Southern California for a five-star kid to take advantage of that? So I think that's absolutely brilliant. And I think his offense is obviously suited to what they do in the Pac-12 
Uh, I, I, man, I just think it was a, I think it was a, a no-brainer for him when you look at all the, all the moving parts. Uh, as far as Kelly goes, you know, you're going to 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 LSU, and I mean, I that's that's one of those jobs. A better job than Notre Dame, like higher on the pecking order than Notre Dame. You think in 2021? Hundred percent, hundred percent, and 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 the re, I think the lack of a conference affiliation uh, hurts Notre Dame. Uh, Notre Dame, from that standpoint, uh, obviously the extra bowl game. But moreover, to go into the SEC into a position with a team that has the reputation for recruiting, the the the, the team, the program. I mean, the athletics department at large has the uh, reputation has clearly. There's no shortage of money. He's going to have resources. And they know how to be competitive in the SEC. They know how to win a, a national championship just a few years back. So, I mean, I think the craziest thing there is who thinks Ed Orgeron is going to be canned two years after winning a natty. It's, <laughs> it's all kind of bizarro. Yeah. Uh, but, I, I mean, I, I don't – I think both these guys probably made the right moves, um, at least in my in my, in my opinion. And, and everybody could speculate on – you know, Lincoln running away from the SEC as though he's scared. I don't think he's scared. I think he realizes that the style that he likes to coach is probably not suitable uh, in the SEC for what we've seen historically uh, in the SEC. And it still gives him an opportunity to share the spotlight without having to go through that grind every day. I mean, I think it's Clemson 2.0. It's what Dabo's made a, you know, made a great living doing is being – you know the bigger fish in the smaller pond, if you would. Yeah. Uh, with with an opportunity to play for a national championship with a far healthier roster, and 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 guys that you know believe they could compete. So I, I mean I don't uh, I mean I think it's I think it's pretty smart. These guys are definitely not dummies. Mike Mullis joining us on the Fixed NC Live Line. Mike Houston's name was out there, and and you never know what's fiction what's reality what's a rumor what's somebody just trying to start something so but you saw his name uh attached to the virginia tech job a bit they go out and get the penn state defensive coordinator still some openings out there but it looks like uh john gilbert and the folks here at ecu are trying to lock up houston with an extension uh, a raise for him and his assistance uh, to bring him back and I think that's uh, important, Mully, because we have seen the strides that this football team has taken to win seven games this year, to win some games on the road like they did, uh, and to finally get back to a bowl. This would not be a good time, obviously, for Mike Houston to head out and, and take his assistance and ECU having to start over again. So, And you look at the AAC, Mully, if Luke Fickle does indeed go to Notre Dame, and, and maybe Dana Holgerson does stick around to Houston, but either way, East Carolina – it's probably going to be preseason number three in the American next year with Dylan Gabriel leaving UCF, Sonny Dykes leaving uh, SMU. They have gone from the bottom to the top half of this conference, and uh, and and you hope some stability uh, will stay intact for East Carolina so they can continue on with that in uh, 2022. You know what's funny about, and you said it exactly exactly right, but what's funny about the whole thought process is that – Kind of the picture that's painted is that the conference, the conference had to kind of come to East Carolina, so the conference had to get a little worse as our program improved to put them in a position to be number three, uh, potentially preseason next year. The conference, I, I, and I just well, at the comp, if they lose, take out Cincinnati and Houston, East Carolina's in the in first of the <laughs> next year. 
Oh well, I mean, absolutely. Yeah. If we take out, you know, if we take out all the other ninety-eight teams above us, we'll be no more in the country next year. Well, I, I don't. I, look, the, the, I see what you're saying, but it's always been this way. Even if the teams stay pat in the American, Memphis has been up and down. UCF had a winless season and an undefeated season, so it ebbs and flows all over the place in, in this league. East Carolina's been in. I, absolutely does, but I think it 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 takes away from the legitimacy of the pursuit of the AAC to be what they wanted to be. Now, we know that they're probably never going to break that glass ceiling anyway, but it certainly um, it well, certainly changes the conversation when you lose those those types of folks. And those pro- well, they'll be here next year, Molly. You'll have your chance next year at Cincinnati and Houston and UCF. Yeah, yeah. Well, that, and I guess we're living in such a short-term world right now because God knows who knows who will be coaching where next year. <laughs> yeah. But it's but, but it's the whole thing of, uh, it, it, you know, this is this is a, a great illustration of why the SEC is what it is. They hold serve every year. They do exactly what they do. They do it at the highest level, and it, it, there's not this volatility uh, as much as what we're talking about with the AAC. The, the whole reason that the AAC existed was to house these types of programs to be the power six team. You know, to be that team that's that or be that league that's right there. Now all of a sudden, some of that credibility is damaged when you're losing your, your strongest players. And we're seeing that other places. So it's. I think again, going back to conversations we've had a long time ago, I think it all lends itself to all of a sudden we're going to see some type of super conference. Yeah. Everybody else will actually be playing college athletics. Yeah, uh, that appears to be the direction. When we don't know, we just saw and talked about a tweet from Brett McMurphy talking about the college football playoff expansion. And it doesn't look like a decision on that is going to be made uh, today. And that will continue. That can will be kicked down the road uh, continuously. Uh, We'll have the unveiling of the latest, uh, or we had the unveiling of the latest college football playoff rankings last night, Molly. Michigan jumping up to number two behind Georgia after their win over Ohio State, Alabama three, Cincinnati four. My question is, Molly, if Alabama beats Georgia, they're both in. I'm trying to look at a scenario on how Cincinnati could get screwed. If Cincinnati and Oklahoma State win their championship games by the same amount of points, would they have the stones uh, to to put Oklahoma State ahead of Cincinnati and, and jump them next week in the polls? You know what's funny about you saying that coming off the little, uh, the little debate we just had is that goes right back to the credibility of the AAC. Do they, do they, do they think do, do the people that making that are making these votes do they find credibility in Cincinnati beating Houston? Right. Regardless, really, regardless of what the margin is, and quite frankly, not to throw shade, but if you watch any of the Michigan Ohio State game, I, I would it'd be a far stretch in my eyes to see Cincinnati compete with either one of those things. I know, but you can't you can't do it that way though. You can't. Oh, you can now. If you can make up your rules, I can make up mine. <laughs> and if we're talking about like if you're just talking about the best four teams in the country. Yeah. Do, do, do you feel like Cincinnati is the the fourth best team in the country? No. No. But how do you leave out a thirteen and zero team? It doesn't make any sense. They should have a chance. Call, call UCF and ask them. Yeah. No. I. I. I you're right. Uh, it, you're, everything you're saying is right, and I guess the bottom line is it, it's not fair, but it is. No, it's not fair. And, and look, I don't think going to 12 is the answer. 
and, and I mean, I think there's a, a maybe an eight, something like that. Because when you get out of it, it, look, it'll be great for the AAC to get a team into the playoff. That'd be outstanding. Now we just got to hope we don't get boat raced and they go, see, we told you, you guys had no business running with us. I know, but it's not about that. It's about going into a season and actually being able to tell your team that you have a chance to play for a championship. Like You do. You have a, you have a chance to play for a conference championship, and then whatever happens after that, we that's out of our hands. All teams are not created equal. All leagues are not created equal. Uh, all players are not created equal. It's, it's a sad state of affairs, but uh, it, it's the reality that we live in. There's no way they're going to have total parity in college athletics. There's no way that they'll go to Alabama and say, hey, since you guys are so dominant, you can only recruit this year, you get X number of three stars. You can't have any five stars. It just doesn't work that way. And that, again, it lends itself to saying, hey, let's let those cats go do what they do, and the rest of us will play college sports. This is kind of what I was getting at. Jonathan on Facebook Live says, if Bama, Michigan, OK State, and Cincy win this weekend, the Final Four, they'll make it Georgia, Bama, Michigan, Oklahoma State, and Cincinnati will be left out. I still see that as a, a real possibility. Cause, uh, I do. I, yeah. nothing, nothing would surprise and, and, you know, there again, if and we don't have, again, we don't have this scenario, but what a cool year for a play-in game. All right, hey, we got two teams right here locked. At, you know, here's the, hmm. let them let them let them let them duel it out for the four spot. I like that, Molly. I like more football. I uh, I also like a scenario where just chaos happens, and like Cincinnati loses, Oklahoma State loses, and Notre Dame gets in and doesn't have a head coach. I just think that would be hilarious. Well, yeah. Well, and I think that's why the the, the bulk of the country was cheering for Auburn so hard last weekend. To uh, see what you know, what that uh, yeah. would have had Alabama loses, and Alabama turns around and beats Georgia. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you know. So I, look, we all like to see the chaos, but we all want it to be. We like to see the chaos for the chaos, but we also uh, want to see what we want to see. And, and a lot of times, those two things don't align. Well, and we're seeing this with all of the transfers, with all the coaches. Everybody's looking out for number one, including ourselves, about what we want to see, Molly, on our television. That's perfect. Yeah, yeah, no. It's, uh, Molly, Georgia's been. I agree. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, and I, I do completely and totally agree uh, with what you said about the tumult this year with the coaching carousel. <clears throat> I, I, I am not living in the moment, and I can assure you that I've that I've never seen. I've never seen anything like it, and even if you look back to where, to how these things started to happen with midseason firings and mm-hmm. talk, you know, the bigger programs. Uh, obviously, the easiest one to talk about is, is the USC deal, but all, you know, all this stuff. These teams were th- th- these programs weren't waiting around. Um, I, I also would find it curious that if if Cincinnati were to lose, how quickly does it take Luke Fickle to announce that he's going to Notre Dame? Right, and we were talking about Brian Kelly making that move so quickly with his team, and they don't play, so they're idle. They're in the clubhouse, so to speak, but his team is sixth in the in the ranking, a, a chance to still get to a playoff, but immediately he goes to LSU with the early signing period. That probably has something to do with it. He wants to get there and lock down this recruiting class in December, um, but Notre Dame taking their approach, saying we're, we don't even have an interim coach. We're going to sit back there's a report they're going to wait on fickle and sure. if 
if that is true, that tells me that he's definitely going there, right? I mean, they wouldn't sit on and wait on a guy that could tell them no. But I don't think that – I mean, I think there's some uh, rules of legalities that don't necessarily allow that to already have transpired. Yeah. But I would think, you know, his people have talked to their people. And they, they and you got to think, man, for that guy. And I think he said before publicly there's two places he would leave for, his alma mater and for Notre Dame. Yeah, so, and, I mean, and it looks like Ryan Day is not giving up the keys at Ohio State for a while. No, so. That's right. So, I mean, I think um, – I mean, I, I – I, I, if he doesn't, I'll be I'll be truly amazed if he doesn't if he doesn't go to uh, Notre Dame. And again, life's made far easier for him uh, if if they get rolled by Houston somehow, uh, lose that football game. Uh, I literally think you would be 24 hours away from hearing who the new football coach is at Notre Dame, which goes back to your point that 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 would lead you to believe that that has already. Um, that has already been agreed to in some shape, form, or fashion. Molly, uh, on a much uh, smaller scale, kind of reminds me when East Carolina had an opening. They zeroed in on their guy, Mike Houston. He lost that FCS playoff game and was then named the coach the very next day, right after on a Sunday. Yeah. Uh, immediately after it. So, you know, I, I think that's as respectful a way as you can do it. Uh, obviously, we saw that with... I'm glad you brought that up, too, Molly, because I've been thinking, and, and you can give me an answer on this. You're an intelligent guy, and you were just kind of getting into it. What is the right way to say goodbye to all your players that you recruited and told you'd be there? Because every time a coach leaves, uh, they they get chastised for the way, quote, it was handled. Is there a good way to handle when you're leaving those guys? Not, not in the world of, of social media and... Look, there is no privacy, especially for these guys. And, and look, having recruited, and especially you know in the in the in the lower levels of college athletics, it was very regularly asked, "Hey, now, what are your plans? Are you planning on being here?" And the answer is as honest as you could be. As far as I know, I, I, I'm not going anywhere. But I'll tell you, you know, you never know what life has to throw at you, because the same question could be asked of the kids. Hey, especially now, especially in the environment we live in. Hey, are you planning on staying here for four years? If I'm going to stay for four, you're going to stay for four. And nobody, I don't. You know, I, <laughs> the loyalty is to the man in the mirror. And, and yeah. look, it's it's what we've got to realize, and what we've seen more recently than ever in the history of college sports is it is the business of college athletics. It has so little to do about. The name on the front of the jersey, it has everything to do about the name on the back of the jersey. And you know what? I, I'm starting to understand why. There, you know, it's 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 a different deal when your money maker is what your God given ability is on the football field. Mully, uh, we're not going to have time to get to baseball today. You don't want to talk I'm major league baseball anyway. So, who wants to talk about those guys? Yeah, I know. Um, the money. Hey, Mully, if the playoffs started today. Washington will be taking a trip to Lambeau to face your Packers. Just pointing that out. Yeah, that would be. Yeah, that would be. Um, that'd be a good one for us to open up against. <laughs> uh, yeah, the NFL has gone absolutely mad, and Washington has joined the fray, winning three straight games, and uh, here we are. So we uh, we have to reset just about every week who we think the the top teams are. Although I did like the Packers hosting the Rams. Uh, last week at home you get Rodgers there in Lambeau this time of year you're going to take the Packers they are nine and three right now and Arizona uh, sitting at nine and two technically 
uh, the number one team in the NFC standings, but the Packers right there behind them. And uh, the Cowboys have been hurt, uh, sick, whatever you want to call it. Uh, and, and we're seeing them trend down right now. I still think they are one of the top teams in the NFC. And we've seen that the Bucks uh, also are human and can lose some games. So uh, it's kind of it's it's wide open right now, Molly, uh, in the NFC and, and really the AFC as well. Well, but we saw this last year with the Bucks, right? Oh, Tom Brady's done this this whole thing. Yeah, remember what down it is, but, and then all of a sudden the playoffs start, and it's like, okay, this is Tom Brady of you know the twenty seven year old Tom Brady. Uh, so I, I mean, I, no fear for those guys, and they did pull one out this past week. But the, the Cowboys are uh, the Cowboys to me are the Mets of the NFL. Hmm. Like it's it's like they show you and then you're like okay all right the, the Cowboys are pretty good they're they're for real and then all of a sudden like I wonder what's going to happen to Max Scherzer now that he's a Met oh I know I already yeah he'll be out by May forty three million a year clip oh you don't have to tell me Molly I'm I'm laughing at everyone who acts like this matters and acts like the Braves should be Braves fans should be worried about this. I'm sorry. Well, it's a, it's a non-factor, Molly. No, I, it, it's, it will be a very interesting storyline into spring training. They will part with their manager about game 120 <laughs> uh, and try to maybe bring in, um, I don't know, is Davey Johnson still alive? But, you know, they'll, they'll go the White Sox route, try to bring in a hey, icon of the past. I hate to see it because I like this guy, but Buck Showalter is available, Molly. Yeah, I don't see him as being that that iconic former Met manager. Like, if you could, you know, LaRue. Oh, you want to bring in a former Met guy? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, no, I agree with you. I think the Braves will be just fine. The Mets will find a way to implode. I mean, they they, they just they're the Mets. Molly, thanks for joining us. Uh, we'll get you in Minji sometime this season. You and uh, your boys, if you want. So, I'll let's uh, watch a basketball game sometime. Pirates playing good at home. Yeah, six and two right now, right? I'm looking forward to it, man. You just uh, let me know what your uh, what your social calendar holds, and I'll be sure to be. <laughs> All right, thank you, Molly. Good to talk with you, man. Okay, buddy. Talk to you soon. There is Mike Mullis joining us today on the Fixed NC Live Line. We'll take a timeout when we return. We'll visit with the voice Jeff Charles. Boy, Jeff has been calling some close ones lately. He went from an Owen Daffer walk off field goal to the following week a Tristan Newton buzzer beater to a couple days later, the Pirates holding off ODU for a one-point win. The paint can is about empty because the Pirates have been painting it purple. We will talk to Jeff Charles when we return on the other side of this timeout. Pirate Radio, the voice of the Pirate Nation. Listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. Save lives, be a hero, and make $700 your very first month donating plasma at Griffles Biomat USA. It's the easiest way to make extra money. Start now at Biomat USA on 505 South Memorial Drive. Make up to $700 in a month and save lives now at Griffles Biomat USA. A better donor experience and better pay. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Town Insurance is your premier independent insurance agency for maximizing opportunities and minimizing risk towns insurance advisors offer expert professional advice to clients of all sizes 
For personal or business insurance questions, call 756-8300 today. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Cliff Rock. All right. Welcome back into Pirate Radio Live. Big day. First day of December. It's going to be a December to remember. Why? I don't know. It just rhymes and sounds good. People say it. I say it all the time. There you go. We've got the treasure chest opening up for the first time in about an hour from now. In the 5 o'clock hour, Bryce Williams will be here. And uh, we're going to make you a winner, folks. And we ran over the prizes. We'll do that again before we uh, officially open up the treasure chest. But some awesome prizes in the 2021 Pirate Radio Holiday Treasure Chest. And we will be opening that up coming up in our third hour. Uh, right now, we've got the voice Jeff Charles joining us on the Fixed NC Live line. He has been busy calling Pirate Hoops and Pirate Football as well. And he joins us today. Jeff, how you doing? Cliff, I am doing great. I'll tell you what, it's good to see the Pirates winning games, isn't it? Basketball <laughs> is doing so well. They're 6-2 six and two and 6-0 six and oh at home and coming off that five football season and everybody getting ready for the bowl game. So things have really turned around for the Pirate Nation. No doubt, Jeff. And, uh, and man, I, they like to make it interesting, too. The Pirates have carried over all those close football games into basketball season. And you were able to, I guess, in a span of a week on one Saturday, call a Owen Daffer walk-off field goal, and then the next Saturday you're calling a Tristan Newton buzzer beater, and then last night it goes down to the wire. East Carolina able to knock off Old Dominion by one point, but they are making things interesting for Pirate fans, and then it doesn't matter, Jeff, when you get the W at the end of the day. Well, that's exactly right, Cliff, and I'll tell you what, most of the time the Pirate teams have been coming through late and winning games, as you mentioned, and of course Joe's walk-off has won some very close games, had the Tristan Newton shot against Coppin State, and then last night, the Old Dominion victory, and you just knew that ODU was going to come back in that game, Cliff, because they're very well coached. Jeff Jones is back on the sideline now after being ill, and he's a terrific coach. He's won 527 games in his career, and Old Dominion is a program that's had a great tradition. So even though the Pirates opened up that lead, you just got the feeling they would come back, which they did. But how about that shooting, Cliff, in the first half? 11 of 15 from three. Vance Jackson had the game we've been waiting for him to have. He knocked down six trees. He was 6-7. of seven. He had 21 points in the game, and Tristan Newton played well. Brandon Suggs has become a real key part of this ball club as well, and he played uh, he played a good game too. So, you know, I, Joe is such a perfectionist, but we have him on the air with us on the postgame show. I try to be as positive as I can with him and point out all the good things that are happening, and uh, he, all he wants to talk about is everything they did wrong. <laughs> <laughs> That's who Joe is, and uh, he says, "Well, we didn't do this right. We didn't do that right. We got to go back to the drawing board. I'm not happy with this and that." But that's what makes him a good coach. And now they've got Gardner Webb coming up on Saturday, which, as you well know, Clip Tim Kraft uh, will come back to Greenville, one of Coach Lebo's former assistants. Who it's hard to believe he's in his ninth year already at Gardner Webb, and he's done a really good job over there. We'll talk to Tim Kraft coming up Thursday, right here on Pirate Radio Live. So looking forward to catching up with coach Kraft, and uh we'll talk about his team their run to the ncaa tournament a few years ago and uh what to expect when they come to mingy's on saturday funny you brought that up about joe dooley jeff i've noticed that in your post-game interviews where you'll say well the pirates shot well tonight and uh got some stops when they needed to and then he'll say yeah we were out rebounded and we had 15 turnovers he he loves to change the subject on you when you get too positive <laughs> He really does. <laughs> uh, he always finds fault with something, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's what makes him a, a good coach. Oh, yeah. And, and there were some things that, 
they do need to clean up, Cliff. There's no doubt about that. But at the end of every game, I, I don't care who the coach is, they always look at the negatives and always say we could have played better, we didn't do this, we didn't follow the scouting report when we should have. But that, that's just who these guys are. Uh, they're perfectionists as far as coaching is concerned. But I know Joe's happy. I mean, he's got to be happy because this team's 6-0 and at home. You've got to defend your home turf, and you've got to win these non-conference games. And, yeah. You know, uh, you and I have talked about this for years, especially with East Carolina in the American. To have any kind of a decent year, you usually have to have nine or ten wins in the nine conference before the conference season starts. So hopefully the Pirates are on track to be able to do that, but I like the looks of this team. I, I really think they're going to be more competitive in the league this year. I mean, time will tell. Once we get into January, that's uh, the proof is in the pudding. But right now they're playing pretty good basketball, and I like the look of the team. They physically look the part this season. They really do look like an American team. So I'm encouraged with what we've seen so far. I like, Jeff, that they've won the games they're, quote-unquote, supposed to win. If you look at the odds makers, the loss is coming to – Oklahoma and Davidson, the Pirates were underdogs in that game. East Carolina was technically supposed to, uh, to use that word, win the other games, and they've done that. So they've taken care of business, especially, like you said, at home. Jeff, uh, and back to that shooting in the first half, it it was a little worrisome there the first uh, four minutes of the game or so. ODU came out in that zone, and East Carolina looked confused. They, they looked uh, kind of out of whack. And, and we've seen in the past teams go to the zone and just dare East Carolina to shoot from the outside. So credit to the Pirates for figuring that out, for getting open looks, and you got to knock them down. They were able to do that last night. That's going to be tough to sustain, uh, you know, for, for every single game, the way they shot in the first half last night. But, Jeff, after seeing so many Pirate teams struggle with the zone and shooting from outside, it was it was awesome to see last night. Yeah, it really was, and uh, their shooting percentage from three is bumping 40% now, Cliff, so we're excited about that. Usually yeah. it's about 30%, so they've they've improved a lot in that category, and really neither team played very well to start the game last night, and neither team played very well to start the second half. It was sloppy, and, and they were turning the ball over, but uh, the Pirates got things uh, corrected, and again, you know, you look at the box score, and you see Vance Jackson had 21 points, and he had a fine game, but Brandon Suggs is really stepping up, and he's yeah. a lot of the dirty work for this team. Clippy, he, he's a big part of this ball club, and of course, Tristan Newton's numbers speaks for themselves. I mean, he's right at twenty points per game, so he's having a terrific year. But Brandon's a big part of this ball club uh, as well because he told me on the post game show, told our listeners the other night that he really prides himself on doing all the dirty work. He had three block shots uh, the other night. He picks up charges and he dives on the floor loose balls and he rebounds the ball and so yeah brandon's a big part of this ball club and you know another guy who we've not talked uh, a lot about who's really quietly having a good year is tremont robinson white and tremont's had his role change this season he's been coming off the bench rather than starting most of the time and i asked coach Dooley about that the other day because you know how guys are they all want to start and he said that you know tremont's been fine about coming off the bench so i think there's a uh, good chemistry with this group this year, I think the guys all get along. And, and talking with some of the guys, uh, they told me in past years, maybe they didn't do things together off the floor, but pretty much this team does things together off the floor. So I think it's a close-knit group. I think uh, Coach Dooley's got uh, some, some good players in the program this year and, and some really good guys, too. Yeah, Jeff, you talk about Tremont. Uh, I was talking to Cy Seymour yesterday, and with Winston Tabs 
out and they are not sure about his future with the team this year uh size said tremont's got to step up be that leader be a a big time player off the bench and he had four to one assist to turnover ratio last night tristan newton eight to two assist to turnover ratio last night so the pirates had 15 turnovers as a team but when your guards are putting up those numbers that is a a great sign and that leads to wins one more thing jeff and uh i did not i was not able to follow a lot of last saturday's game i heard the end and your call as tristan newton hit the shot to win it for the pirates but i don't know if he played them but marlon leston that's the first time i've seen him get action last night was that his first game playing for the pirates last night or as he got in this season yeah it was his first time uh on the floor clip yeah he did a nice job i mean he, he didn't score but yeah he did a he did a good job i mean uh and talking with coach julie after the game he said he was always in the right place defensively and and did a nice job rebounded the ball a little bit so i mean he's another young player in the program, just getting his feet wet. And he's raw offensively. They don't expect him to score a whole lot of points. But, you know, he's got a good body, and he's 6'9", and he's learning how to play. And the reason he played last night, Cliff, is because Alonzo Frank has a foot injury, and he has been coming off the bench. And so they're not sure whether or not he will be ready for the game on Saturday. They are hoping he will, but they're not sure. But, as you know, he's been giving the Pirates uh, a good lift as well off the bench, and he's a big, strong body in the middle. And so when Luigi DeBow gets in foul trouble or he needs to come out, Frank has been able to come in and do a good job. Well, he wasn't available last night, so that's why the freshman from Canada uh, listed got a chance to come into the ballgame and play. Jeff Charles joining us on the Fixed NC Live line. It'll be Pirates and Gardner-Webb coming up on Saturday as they continue their homestand. And Jeff, uh, I don't know how much you've been following college basketball nationally. You're still kind of in football mode, but uh, Duke knocks off Gonzaga on Friday night. They become the number one team, and then they immediately uh, go out and lose to Ohio State. So uh, this could be one of those years where we see a bunch of different number ones. It looks like Purdue, the Boilers, might be the next team in that spot, and uh, I'm sure uh, they'll be knocked off soon, and it's going to be a, a topsy-turvy year. We were talking about the parity across college basketball with Cy Seymour yesterday, and it uh, looks like we're going to see that again uh, nationally when it comes to college hoops this year. Well, I didn't see any of the Duke-Ohio State game, but I was following the score, and I woke up this morning, Cliff, and fully expected to see Duke win that game by 15 points. Oh, they were in control, Jeff, even late, and just a, a meltdown at the end of the game. Well, I was surprised when I saw the score and saw that Ohio State knocked them off because the Buckeyes aren't even ranked, as you know. So that was a big win for Ohio State. And Purdue, I've not watched them a whole lot this year, but I do know they have those big horses inside. They're very athletic. They, I mean, they're the real deal. They this is probably has an opportunity to be the best Purdue team in a long time. And you're right, Gonzaga is still there, and there's still a bunch of other teams that are really good this season as well. But it just seems like we talk about it every year, the parity in college basketball, and I think we're going to see that again uh, this season. I think there's a lot of parity in the American Athletic Conference. Yeah. Memphis, of course, is so talented. Houston, you just know they're going to be at the top because – Kelvin Sampson does such a great job, and they're so well coached, and they've got a lot of really good players. So even though everybody's talking about Memphis, I think Houston is the team to beat. I've watched Memphis a couple of times this year, Clip, and they kind of look to me like the same old Memphis, that they've got all these great players. Yep. They don't always play well together, and they're a turnover machine, and offensively, <laughs> I can't quite figure out what they're trying to do. So they look to me like they have uh, the last few years 
even though they have all of these great players. So maybe Penny Hardaway will bring them around, but they've got a lot of work to do. Yeah, that's a good description of the Tigers. They will lock you down on defense. They have some great athletes. It's just like Memphis of old, where just about every player on the team is 6'7 or above, and uh, they have all the talent in the world. But, man, they can be an eyesore on offense and, as you said, turn it over. So going to be interesting to see them game in, game out, and if they can find some consistency, I'm sure they'll get better as the season rolls along. Talking to Jeff Charles on the Fixed NC Live line, enjoying Pirate Hoops and enjoying Pirate Football. we got a layoff before the bowl game. And, Jeff, I go back to your conversation with the executive director of the Military Bowl when you were there in and and he spoke glowingly about the Pirates and the Pirate fans and how he'd love to see them there in Annapolis. And uh, sure enough, that is going to be the case. East Carolina headed to the Military Bowl. And it's it's one of those cases, Jeff, this is almost like what, what a bowl game is meant to be, where you're, it's somewhat regional. Uh, fans are going to be able to drive to it. The bowl wants East Carolina. I think East Carolina fans like this bowl as well because they can get to it. So I think it's one of those cases where it works out for both parties, Jeff, the bowl game and the uh, school. And that's exactly what you want to have, Cliff. I mean, it's got to be good for everybody. And Pirate fans are excited about a bowl because it's been seven years since East Carolina has been to a bowl game. I think you have to throw that into the equation as well as to why there is excitement for this game and the fact that it's after Christmas, too. Sometimes these bowls before Christmas are kind of hard for people to get to. But now you can have Christmas Day with your family and Pirate fans throughout eastern North Carolina and the mid-Atlantic region can leave on the 26th, have Christmas out of the way, and get up there the night of the 26th for the game at 2.30 the next day. So I think all of that works together. And then if the Pirates play, let's say, a Virginia Tech, and I hear a lot of the players and I hear a lot of the fans saying they hope that it is Virginia Tech in the bowl game. I think that might score ticket sales even more. And from what I understand, ticket sales are going well. And you're right, there was a good crowd of Pirate fans up there for the Navy game. I, I really thought there were more fans up there than I thought there might be. I didn't really hear a number, but just looking across the way from where we were in the booth, I would think there were probably 1,500 Pirate fans up there for that game. And that was a good representation. And Military Bowl people, believe me, took note of that. And they know what the Pirates did fan-wise when they went up there to the Military Bowl and played Maryland a number of years ago. So... ECU has a good reputation, as we know, of traveling to bowl games, and that's why it's important to continue to have some big numbers and sell some tickets for this game. But you're right, Cliff. I I genuinely feel a sense of excitement for the game, Uh, whether it be Virginia Tech or Virginia or Boston College or Louisville or North Carolina, of course. uh, You don't have to say any more about that. It's going to be interesting to see who they pair the Pirates up with, and we should know on Sunday. Jeb, last night at the basketball game, uh, Warren Saba, Pirate DB, walked in front of my row and said hello to him and congratulated him on his two interceptions in his last game at Dowdy Ficklin Stadium. That was awesome to see for Warren. And uh, they fought with the Bearcats. Outside of that second quarter, the Pirates went toe-to-toe with Cincinnati, but uh, the, the better team won uh, that Friday at Dowdy Ficklin Stadium. I've asked the players this, Jeff, when they joined us on the Players' Lounge this week. I'll ask you, when you – Watch that game live in front of you unfold. Did they look different than other teams East Carolina's faced this year? Did they look like a, a top four, top five team in the country when you saw them with your eyeballs, Jeff? Yes, they did, Clip. I think they're really good. I, I really do. And that game got away from the Pirates in the second quarter when they gave up those three touchdowns. I mean, they were right there. And then the floodgates opened, and the Pirates had some problems pass defense-wise. And 
and that's been the problem this year. Now, the defense is so much better, as we know, but their pass defense stats really aren't that good. And when you have a quarterback like Desmond Ritter, he's such a good player, and he's so experienced now. He got on a roll, as we saw, and the Pirates had trouble covering some of those Cincinnati receivers, and he picked them apart. And the next thing you know, the Pirates were down 21-3 to at halftime, and it was going to be really difficult to come back on that Cincinnati defense. That defense clip is the real deal at Cincinnati. They've got a bunch of NFL draft picks on that side of the ball, and I mean some high NFL draft picks. Sanders, the defensive end, they're saying he's going to be a first-round pick. Ahmad Gardner, the corner, they're saying he's going to be a first-round pick. I mean, these guys are the real deal on defense, and that, that's why I give them a chance if, and let's hope they do, for their sake, get into the, the college football playoff. I really think they can match up defensively with a lot of the teams that they might play. Offensively, they're probably not a stout, but still, when you've got a quarterback like Ritter, he's so experienced and he's so good throwing the ball, and he's also so good with his feet making things happen. Uh, they're going to be a handful for anybody. And I know everybody will say, well, Georgia and Alabama is at another level and, and maybe Michigan too. But I really do think Cincinnati can hang in there and give those schools a good game. And we saw what they did with Georgia last year. I mean, they had Georgia on the ropes. It looked like that they were going to beat Georgia. And then the Bulldogs came from behind, as you remember, late in that game and, and just kind of eked it out. So Cincinnati is the real deal. I think they're really good. And to answer your question, Yes, today they look like uh, a team that's in the top four or five in the country, and I just hope they get a chance to prove it. Jeff, uh, we'll wrap it up. I, look, I, I don't even know if you have, where to begin on the coaching carousel. It, it's crazy every year, but when you see Lincoln Riley leave Oklahoma for USC, when Brian Kelly leaves Notre Dame, of all places, for LSU, it's absolutely nuts. And we were talking about Luke Fickle yesterday at the beginning of the show, and then a a story came out that Notre Dame potentially is going to wait and see uh, what, what happens with Cincinnati and let let it play out and go after Luke Fickle and maybe make him the head coach there at Notre Dame. This thing is wild, Jeff. Uh, I don't know. Any thoughts on what's transpired over these last few days with the coaching world? Well, I drew a commentary that will run uh, one of our business from the booth that will run in December <laughs> uh, clip on Pirate Radio. And I mentioned the fact that when this Michigan State alum walked into the Spartan Athletic Office a few weeks ago and had a check out of his personal account for $32 million, <laughs> and he handed it to the athletic personnel at Michigan State and said, give it to the coach, give it to Mel Tucker, and this will start the ball rolling for him to get a new contract. And then a few days later, he gets $95 million for 10 years. And I said to myself at that point, this is going to be a brand-new era in college football, as far as coaching salaries are concerned, they're already astronomical. But I thought this was going to take it to another level. And I think that's what we have seen when Michigan State, which is a very good football program in the Big Ten, obviously, uh, but not one of the blue blood college yeah. football programs in America, when they're paying their coach $95 million, <laughs> well, what is a USC going to pay their coach or Alabama or LSU or Notre Dame? I mean, they're going to end up paying more money than that. So these guys got Michigan State, I think, to thank for doing what he did. And, and you're right, it is crazy. Uh, who would have ever thought that coaches in college football would be making this kind of money? And I remember years and years ago, Steve Logan, winningest coach in pirate football history, told me, 
I never thought I would make more than $50,000 a year coaching college football. <laughs> and that's the way it was back in the day. I don't think Woody Hayes ever made over $50,000 a year at Ohio State. Now, I know this was a different time and a different place, yeah. but he was winning all those national championships. And, and that's my point is that's all college coaches were making years ago. Well, we've seen what it is now. And I'm so happy for Lincoln because he's such a, a very nice young man. And, and you talk about coaches and where they might go, Clip. Well, a guy like Lincoln, who we know well, he has the kind of personality that, that he can coach anywhere in the country. He could coach yeah. the SEC, he could coach in the West Coast, he could coach in the Big Ten, he could coach in the Northeast, because Lincoln is just that kind of person that he would adapt well and fit in well wherever he is. Now, some of these guys probably can't, and that's what I wonder about Luke Fickle. I mean, he is such a Midwest Ohio guy. I don't know if he wants to coach even in the SEC, or I don't know if he would even want to coach on the West Coast. So you have to look at the personalities, and you have to look at the fit, and you have to see where these guys actually do fit in. And some of them fit in more places than others. So we'll just have to wait and see how all of that transpires. But Luke Fickle, right now, his, his bargaining power and his appeal It'll never be higher than it is right now, so we'll see if he stays in Cincinnati or moves off. Jeff, I had a feeling you might have an inside the booth uh, coming up on this topic, so looking forward to hearing that uh, right here on Pirate Radio. Jeff, enjoyed the chat as always. Have a great rest of your week, and I guess we'll hear from you uh, on the broadcast coming up with East Carolina basketball uh, this weekend, and we'll talk to you once again on Pirate Radio here soon, voice. Sounds great. Thanks a lot, Clip. All right, Jeff Charles joining us today on the Fixed NC Live Line. We mentioned it there, but uh, programming alert, guest alert. We will be talking to former ECU assistant basketball coach and now the current head coach at Gardner-Webb, Tim Kraft, coming up Thursday on Pirate Radio Live. Let's take a timeout, come back. We'll wrap up hour number two and get you set for a big hour number three with Bryce Williams and the treasure chest opening up for the first time in 2021 we'll be back to wrap up hour two when we return after this you're listening to hour three of pirate radio live this hour of prl is brought to you by bud light reminding pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly bud light the official beer of the ecu pirates and proudly distributed by carolina eagle distributing since 1989 now back to the show welcome back you work hard for your money at carolina wealth management we believe that your money should work hard for you do you know if it is to learn more about your investment portfolio go to my carolina wealth com to schedule a free consultation. That's mycarolinawealth.com. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip Rock. All right, wrapping up hour two of our program. Let's uh, hear a little bit more Joe Dooley, Shirley, before we head into hour three because we're going to have a lot of football talk in hour three with Bryce Williams. We'll also go Pirate Radio Outdoors and open up the Pirate Radio Treasure Chest. Pirates coming off a one point sixty three sixty two victory last night over Old Dominion six and two Pirates are five and zero oh at the friendly confines of Minji's Coliseum and last night the Pirates were without big man Alonzo Frank and uh, he had a good game he played well against 
Old Dominion in the first game and has been a, a big presence inside. And Joe Dooley was asked last night if that injury is a short-term thing, and uh, here was his response, cut six. We're, we're hoping. I mean, I, we, you know, he he, was, he did it in practice the other day and, and came in the next day and was swelled up a little bit. So out of caution, we uh, held him out. Unfortunately, I mean, that would have been a good game for him. thought this was a really good game for him. And, uh, you know, good physical big guys. And I think the other thing is he's he's crafty along the baseline. He's a good passer, and, and he's really smart. But he also seals and creates a lot of problems defensively. It happens everywhere, but him going down and Winston Tabbs being unable to play to start this season and potentially moving on the rest of the season, still no confirmed word on uh, his status, but not looking good right now for Winston Tabbs. It feels like Pirates, uh, Pirate basketball is bit by this all the time, every single year. Um, last night, we mentioned this earlier, in South Carolina when these two teams met, Pirates got a lead. Old Dominion cut it to five, I think, a few times, but never got within five. Last night, they were able to take a double-digit Pirate lead and actually take the lead late in the game, but Brandon Suggs got the ball uh, inside, put it in, that put East Carolina ahead for good, and Joe Dooley talked about Old Dominion uh, coming back, taking the lead late in the game, and East Carolina responding. It, it is, and I thought Brandon made a, you know, when he came, you know, a little earlier in the first, in the second half, if you recall, he drove when he was off balance and traveled. Now he gets the same move, and this time he comes to a good two-foot stop, gets to a spot on balance and makes a heck of a shot. It was a big-time play, and he was, his balance was really good, but it was also, you know, he concentrated, got downhill, two-foot stop, elevated, made a heck of a shot. All right, there you go in East Carolina, getting the win last night. Over Old Dominion up next for the Pirates. It'll be Gardner-Webb coming up Saturday, December 4th. After that, a Tuesday date with North Carolina A&T. And then, interesting one, Friday, December 17th. This will be a 1.30 tip-off on ESPN+. Plus. Liberty taking on East Carolina. There'll be a lot of games that day at the Spectrum Center in Charlotte. So, a neutral side game uh, on the 17th. And then the Pirates will wrap up their non-conference slate against southern miss on the 21st and we'll welcome in wichita state for the conference opener seven o'clock on december 29th that's a wednesday might have to do one of those things where i push trivia back to like 9 30 or something i don't know i want to be there that wichita state game because i go and i are already calling ecu's win they always upset a team at home every year last year it was houston They've taken down Cincinnati. They've taken down Temple. They've taken down Memphis. Never got Wichita State. This is the year for that to happen on Wednesday, December 29th. Can I go ahead and reserve my spot in Section 213? Yes, you may. Thanks. All right. Enjoy sitting with your dad and meeting your dad last night for, yeah. uh, finally. I haven't been able to meet your dad, but last night I was able to meet Clip Brock. Big Pirate basketball fan. Yes, and uh hopefully uh we'll have we'll have a lot of memories this year in section 213 chandler oh yeah can't wait to get that wild crew in there and hopefully uh which i riled up not hopefully for because i like having all the space i need but uh maybe we'll have more people join us once the conference games roll around because it's kind of lonely up there i kind of like i kind of do too but for ticket sales and noise we could we could use a few more people up there yeah it wouldn't hurt anything absolutely all right let's take a time out we'll come back hour three on tap get ready treasure chest will open up bryce williams will be alongside 
and we'll have a fun hour three on the way on Pirate Radio Live after this. You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, Eastern North Carolina's Choice. Uh, or actually, no, live well, move more, and hurt less with kinetic physical therapy. If you're recovering from an injury, getting back into sports, dealing with everyday pain or fatigue, then kinetic physical therapy can help you get back on track and live well. Kinetic has nationally certified therapists for physical, occupational, speech, and massage therapy, all in a state-of-the-art facility on Arlington Boulevard in Greenville. Visit kineticptgreenville.com for more information. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip Brock. All right, Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. Clip Brock and Bryce Williams inside the Pirate Radio Studios. <laughs> Hadn't seen Bryce in a couple weeks getting his stuff situated over there. And yeah, his chair keeps on spinning on me all right breaks get think, all that settled i think we're good now good yep. to go how you doing man i'm doing good how are y'all how, did you have a good thanksgiving i did yeah very tasty very tasty that's a, the sign of a good thanksgiving yes uh I talked to you on the phone last wednesday and uh we'll catch up on what bryce has been up to in the field or in the water uh this time of year when we go pirate radio outdoors i understand we have a pirate radio indoors update as well to yes, get to we yep. so we got a lot to, uh, to talk about and bryce we are opening up the pirate radio treasure chest for the Uh-oh. first time this year Uh-oh. so we're going to do that later on this hour uh we got some awesome prizes we'll run over the prize list in fact uh let's do that right now just so bryce is uh, aware of what we're giving away this year inside the treasure chest and we're going to make uh, a winner very lucky today when they win one of these items, Bryce. And mm. Shirley, you want to run it down with me? Are we going in the same pattern as we did before? Let's go you, you, and I mean, you, me, you, me, you, me, you, Okay. Me. All, All right. right. Here, we go. Here we go. 12 large pizzas from Domino's of Greenville. Pirate gift basket from UBE. Takeout party for 10 from Parker's Barbecue. $100 gift card from Emporium. $100 gift card from Chico's. Lazy Boy Recliner from Bostick Sug Furniture. $100 gift card to ENS Hemp Company. $100 gift card to Fresh Vibes. $100 gift card to Fleet Feet. Ultimate party package from Sawyer's Fun Park with a $360 value. $200 gift card to Factory Mattress. $140 gift card to Revive Health and Wealth. Bonus. Gift basket to Naughty Dog Brewing Company. $100 gift card to Tiebreakers. $100 in gift cards to Dap House, Christie's Euro Pub, Sidebar, or Jarvis uh, ooh, Jarvis Street Bottle Shop. Man, we were going well. I know. $100 gift card to Halo. $100 gift card to Bagel Man. One free year VIP subscription to Hoist the Colors with a $107 value. All that is in the treasure chest, Bryce. We have one prize in this envelope, mm-hmm. and we will open up the chest later this hour. Someone will call in. They'll go on the air with us. We'll open this up, and you will tell them what oh, they have won. Right on. So uh, that's the plan for later on this hour. Excitement time. Excitement time. And Excitement time. Also, Shirley, sometimes this season, people can get a little cranky and can resort to violence. 
Violence! <laughs> that is Violence! Mike Houston there. Uh, Bryce, where'd you watch the game? Did you go to the game Friday? So I ended up going. So we were at Wednesday. Oh, that's right. you know, I talked to y'all Wednesday, and then it was fr- you know, Friday. I thought we were going to be staying in Winston much longer, but I was like, well, heck, mom's working, dad was helping my brother, and I said, well, shoot, game's at 3.30. Why not make the trek here? And um, went to the game. So it was. Uh, we got there, of course, a little late because we had left from Winston directly, went home to change and pack. Well, so the we first were- quarter was the best part. Did you miss that? I know. I mean, I saw the whole game. Okay, yeah, I was able to see the whole game, um, and that was just you know really nice to be back in the stadium. And because it's been shoot two years, I guess you would call it, and uh, decent little fan um, attendance for the game after Thanksgiving. That, that's about that is the best East Carolina has been able to bring in as far as fans with the students out and everything. Yeah. Oh so. yeah. Uh, it looked like and, and sounded like a, a good environment. And, man, the Pirate fans were into it early when East Carolina mm-hmm. had a 3 nothing lead heading into the second quarter, right. and that's kind of when everything changed. Most definitely. And um, it was a little bummer because we thought we were rolling pretty good. And then when I mean, you have a block pump, which it didn't really affect us, thankfully they didn't make, they didn't make anything of it because I think they missed that field goal, if I'm yeah. um, following that right. So thank goodness because – I remember hearing a stat like which I mean obviously ended up winning, but um, you know it's like ninety percent of the time if the, a team gets a block punt, you know they're they'll have the more you know, likely to win. Well, um, it was kind of a precursor to what was coming up later yeah. in the game with the block field. Oh goal. my gosh, two block field goals, right? And uh, which is unreal. They haven't had one blocked what all year, and then all of a sudden we get a block, and the one that gets you know returned for the touchdown. That was kind of the. Uh, heartbreaker there or the dagger i guess you could say and they snapped it right off in us but uh yeah i mean it was exciting i mean it, it feels better well never a loss feels good but you know we were saying seven you know seven five we already solidified a bowl yeah which is good but you're just like my gosh like these just little things you know that we i felt like we were doing that was just beating ourselves and things like that so it was a little frustrating to Kind of keep an eye on, and I thought we were about to be hot with Ryan Jones, and you know, as he was going in the first. Oh yeah, got off to a great start. Half, I was like, okay, we're about to be doing something. Then we kind of just stopped. I feel like so. He uh, finished with five catches for seventy yards and wraps up a good year for him. We saw some signs here and there from Shane Calhoun, but with those guys returning, uh, you feel pretty good about the tight end position. Oh my goodness, yeah. I mean, we've definitely did well with Shane Calhoun, and you know, Ryan Jones definitely came out to. you know, you know, impressed me with you know his athleticism and things like that. Shane as well. So it feels good to know they're returning. And Ryan Jones was a defensive player at Oklahoma. This is his first time playing tight end. You know, in that college football. So he's only going to get better, you would think, right? And oh, he got yeah. better as the season went along. Yeah. What year is he? Is he? Do we know? Well, that? Right the years are so oh, crazy, Dow. John, I guess how many more years do we have? Right. Yeah. So he is listed as a junior. All right. So he oh, will be back yeah, next back year. Back next year. But I mean to have that for I think he did you know really well. I um you know, especially in the receiving aspect of tight ends, you know, just for this one year. So I mean the difference from I think, you know, even my junior year to senior year was, you know, significant because you're I mean, obviously you're, you know, even more comfortable in what he did. He already showed he can, you know, make things happen with the ball. So I'm definitely excited to see what he's got. You know, at first, you know, the ball in this coming ball game, but definitely next year as a senior. Bryce Williams joining us. Bryce, it was kind of like I compared it to when a baseball team 
loses a game late in the year, but the second place team loses, so they clinch their playoff spot. Because mm-hmm. shortly after the loss, East Carolina learns they're going to the military bowl. So we talked to the players, and it went from kind of subdued to all right, let's go. We got right. another one. We're ready to mm-hmm. ready to go. And it's a long uh, wait, Bryce. You got to go all the way past Christmas to the twenty seventh of December. Yeah, goodness gracious! The Pirates have been off since Sunday and will practice for the first time uh, this postseason coming up on Thursday. Mm. So the bowl practices begin. What, if anything, do you remember about bowl practices and how they differ from your regular practices? Um, well, these guys definitely have a lot. I don't, are they going to get a a break or something to go home or something? But They didn't really know the schedule yet yeah. now because they're going to be spending Christmas in D.C. So yeah. Um, but as team. far as the bowl practices, I mean, it was funny, a fun little atmosphere, um, you know, for sure. I mean, because as you know, we've uh, mentioned, you know, we're, you know, especially in my mindset was, you know, we're still here to win another game, especially and to prove it to another team we've we've never played. You know, it's kind of a uh, not an arrogance feel, but you know, just that competitive, like, hey, like our conference is better than where you're coming from and you know we've never played well, you especially when it's an acc team yeah roll in there yeah for sure so that you know that'd be fun uh which i'm hopefully we don't play carolina hopefully it's some team you know she hasn't played in several years or well, something it Ooh. looks like virginia tech could be the team it still could uh-huh. be virginia bc others uh-huh. but virginia tech i don't know if you remember bryce uh you know basically said they're going to stop scheduling east carolina <laughs> after yeah. ecu didn't make the trip there was a hurricane it was mm-hmm. a whole big thing so to get them on the schedule, it sounds like that's uh, what a lot of fans want and, and the team wants as well. Yeah, I mean, it would be exciting to kind of – because we haven't played them since – was it my senior year? Uh, we played them um, after you've been gone, I believe. Okay. Scotty Moe played them. Okay. So. Oh, yeah, we lost that, didn't we? I think. Yeah. Um, but, you know, Virginia Tech would be cool. Um, but, you know, as far as the bowl practice and everything, it is – it still feels the same. You know, you kind of – you, it's long kind of feels like spring ball in a way because it's such a long time playing against the same guy you know having you know in front of you every day for what three weeks yeah um so when the game finally gets here it's like all right thank goodness like we got through that <laughs> we did you know some of the younger guys would get you know more reps and things just to you know just get comfortable with the playbook and just like i said just get more reps um but you're definitely looking forward to the game and it's a little monotonous just because it's like, all right, weekend, okay, we're got a scrimmage or whatever it may be. But um, it was still exciting because you had some activity. You didn't just go to your dorm and, you know, kill time. You know, you had events to go to during yeah. the ball practices and things like that. And then the events were, I mean, it's really fun. You know, you get to, you know, be around the other team and then just different activities. Um, you know, it's a, it's a good time. So it breaks up that kind of – monotony of and, and yeah you practices. were here you went to louisiana beefo brady's and birmingham mm-hmm. back to back to back right mm-hmm. so the year you missed the bowl game you were a senior anyway mm-hmm. and heading out so you you probably were getting ready for working out for the nfl mm-hmm. at that point anyway right yeah so. starting at i went um you know i was the senior bowl was oh, yeah. january whenever that was might have been so i was sort of yeah i mean i was you know Looking back, you know, I wish obviously I would have gone to a bowl game my senior year. I mean, allow, of course, it allowed me to kind of rest my body before the senior bowl and all the training that was to come and everything like that. But, um, you know, once the season was over, it's like, you know, I had, you know, bigger things ahead to try and, you know, get ready for. So when you're around these opposing teams, Louisiana, 
Ohio and Florida, and you're at these pregame uh, events the mm-hmm. week before, uh, is everything, you know, hey, buddy, how's it um, going? Does it get I a mean, little <laughs> a little competition going? Like, what's it like? I think during the – it is funny, like, when you go to these events, nothing ever really popped off, or I'm sure some of the guys – but y'all are young, cocky guys. You're oh, looking yeah. at them like, man. They oh, know. it is. Like, you go in to, like, <laughs> say when, like, the first, like, orientation thing or whatever we went to. Uh, and you, I mean, you are. You're kind of sizing them up, thinking, <laughs> I'm better than you. I know I am. And, you know, things like that. Or, that son of a gun's big. But then he doesn't even play, so it's funny. Um, like, the, one of the most intimidating and perfect people don't play, which is. They just bring him out to intimidate. Oh, yeah. And then they don't put Exactly. Him so, it is funny. I mean, it is. I mean, when you first see him. It is. It's like, hmm, yeah, okay. I wonder who's who. You kind of look at the rosters, thinking so you could put a face with like a number, oh yeah, yeah. position and things like that. So I've been it, hearing about that guy. He ain't that big. Yeah, as I thought he'd be. Yeah. <laughs> he says he's two fifty. He looks like him too. You know, just <laughs> things like that. But I think the defensive guys um, definitely were a little more mouthier, like they always are towards the opponent. Sometimes we always get back to Zeke. Zeke, Jayhawk probably. Oh, God. For yeah. some reason, those those guys are coming to my, my, uh, my attention. Yeah. B-Will, maybe. Uh, but nothing too, you know, harsh. And look, Big Bryce is here if you need backup. Just right. call oh, me yeah. up, boys. I'll <laughs> yeah. be ready. Let me know. Yeah. Um, it is just a good time. I'm excited for the guys. I know yeah. we, goodness, we accepted the military bowl right away. Um, we might have been the first team to accept a bowl bid. I've seen Memphis... Is going to Hawaii, but you know a lot of these are going to be. In that. We don't even know our opponent yet. A lot of these yeah. will be announced we on Sunday. Real anxious. I wonder. It would have been kind of nice to know what our options were. I mean, thankfully for me, I mean it was. You know, it was always nice to be home. I mean, every bowl I went to four, so um, every year it was. I think the twenty second and landed on the twenty second, twenty third, and heck, I was home for Christmas before and, Christmas. Yeah, yeah, which was great um, to be able to do that and have to spend Christmas in some other place. Which you know, obviously in those situations like for thanksgiving when we're here i mean they got the the you know east the staff and everything they do a great job of you know having that family feel and you know dinners or meals and things so i mean it wouldn't i'm sure it wouldn't be terrible to obviously be in a, away from the family during christmas but i enjoyed being home for christmas bryce you went through a, an offensive coordinator leaving for another job which by the way that same guy lincoln riley has now left for another <laughs> head coaching job yeah um and i don't know i, I don't remember ruffin mcneil's name being out there for other jobs it just felt like he was going to be the pirate coach until they told him to leave oh my goodness which yeah. we didn't think would be when it happened in right. 2015 um but this year mike houston's name what happens when you win well other teams start to look at mm-hmm. you other schools start to notice you and uh and think about hey that guy could fit in pretty well here right well his name was was mentioned with with virginia tech and you've kind of heard it with duke as well mm-hmm. sounds like john gilbert and we'll talk to john gilbert by the way coming up thursday on pirate radio live but they're working on an extension and, and a raise for houston and his assistants to uh to make sure he stays here and keeps on building uh what he's got going on Mo- yeah most definitely I, I was hearing that and i was kind of like man really uh like our first time our we first, get success like, see our, for the first <laughs> season the team has success and already gonna leave i was like my gosh let me start all the way over um with that you know just everything as we've seen that comes with new new staff Hopefully, yeah. I mean, I, I hopefully he stays, and we, you know, hopefully we we've got something coming, you know, in in the coming years with him, and you know, he makes uh, 
ECU at least a 10-year or something. Well, you think about it uh, now, Bryce. So Cincinnati, UCF, Houston are on to the Big 12, but they, mm-hmm. they'll they be playing in the AAC next year. Um, UCF quarterback Dylan Gabriel has entered the transfer portal. Mm. Um, you've got Luke Fickle, who could be heading to Notre Dame, but either way, Cincinnati's going to be good. They're losing Desmond Ritter. They're losing a lot, but they still should be good. And Houston with Dana Holgerson will probably be pretty good next year too. But East Carolina right now, I, I keep saying this, preseason next year, they'll probably be picked third. Mm. And if Houston and Oklahoma and um, Cincinnati move on to the Big 12, East Carolina will probably be picked first yeah. in the AAC next year. Wow. I mean, that's how far they've come from kind of the basement to – knocking on the door to the the powers of the american and uh, i think that's just a a fantastic sign of where this thing's headed oh yeah most definitely um you know as you just mentioned now sort of you know, thinking back to the season and i mean we've had frustrating things it wasn't like we've had you know been blown out by any means um like we have in the past yep. and you know, the team's been playing really well it's just little things here and there that have unfortunately drastically uh determined the outcome of the game um but it seems that we have for the most part, you know, fixed some of those mental mistakes, when like, what decisions to make when needed, um, which is a, a huge step already, um, you know, for the program and, you know, for a you know, seven-win game, you know, seven-win season, when it was kind of like, okay, what's going to happen here um, in the very beginning, you know, for the guys to have the season they did this year, I mean, and then to follow up next year, we've got a, how many, I guess, about um, – several returners right oh yeah assuming like the almost well and we'll see with the transfer portal and all that you never know these days but on paper a a very young team that's going to be returning a a lot of starters all across right and yeah and hopefully the guys that you know that were been playing us certainly they wouldn't transfer um you know simply guys who don't get the opportunities or aren't happy with that and didn't really have an effect on the team you know so transfer if you want whatever but uh um, you know, it's exciting to see where we, how we ended the season. It, you know, obviously to win the bowl game would be huge um, for you know for the university. But I mean, it'd be nice to keep piling those on as the years to come. You know, especially with how young our team is. Former Pirate Bryce Williams joining us inside the Pirate Radio studios. We we'll got Pirate Radio outdoors later on in the show, and it's five twenty-five. I mean, it's now the time. It's now or never. Surely. I think it's time. Uh oh. It's time to open up the Pirate Radio treasure chest. And here we go. Shirley, are we doing caller what? Caller 12. All right, caller caller 12. 12 at 317 1250. Call in now to be the first winner of the 2021 Pirate Radio treasure chest. You will talk to Shirley, give her your info, and stay on the line. And then Bryce Williams and I will open up and reveal your prize live on the air. So 317-1250, call in now. The treasure chest is back open for business, and we're ready to make you a winner. And we'll find out who our winner is right after this.
You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Taking a quick look at your stock market report for today. The Dow was down 461 points and closed at 34,022. NASDAQ was down 283 points at 15,254 and the S&P fell 53 and closed at 4,513. That's your Wells Fargo Advisors financial report for a personal look into investing. Call Wells Fargo Advisors today at 756-6900 in Greenville. Wells Fargo Advisors LLC member SIPC. Now let's head back in to Pirate Radio Live. Here's your host, Cliff Brock. All right, back with you. Bryce Williams carrying on the tradition of talking as we come back into the show. A tradition unlike any other. ECU women's basketball team has been good at home this year. Hadn't lost a game. They have not won a game on the road. We'll see if they can change that tonight as they take on VCU coming up at 6 o'clock. Quick look at your Buccaneer Music Hall scoreboard. Bryce, you need to get to Minji's as the basketball Pirates 6-2 and two this year. Mm. They have not lost a game there we go. at home either. So we'll have to get you into Minji's at some start. point. All right. We opened up the Pirate Radio treasure chest for the first time in 2021 and we'll be doing this every day sometimes giving away more than one prize on an episode of pirate radio live so lock us in all of december for your chance to win but uh we do have our first winner of the year and that winner is on the fixed nc live line and that winner is carrie brown carrie congratulations oh yeah thank you (laughs) carrie have you ever won out of the treasure chest before Yes, but it's been it's been a long time. Do you remember what your prize was? Um, I won the UBE gift basket. Oh, nice! All right, that is, uh, I believe, once a, once again available this year. So, uh, that is on the line. Carrie will, uh, you know, run down the prizes again real quick, Shirley. Sure. All right. So here's what's in the treasure chest this year uh carrie uh you got 12 large pizzas from domino's of greenville pirate gift basket from a ube takeout party for 10 from parker's barbecue 100 dollars gift card from emporium 100 dollars gift card from chico's lazy boy recliner for boston soak furniture 100 dollars gift card to ens hemp company 100 dollars gift card to fresh five 100 dollars gift card to fleet feet ultimate party package from sawyer's fun park $200 gift card to Factory Mattress. $140 gift card to Revive Health and Wellness. Gift basket to Naughty Dog Brewing Company. $100 gift card to Tiebreakers. $100 in gift cards to Dap House, Christie's Hero Pub, Sidebar, Jarvis Street Bottle Shop. <laughs> $100 gift card to Halo Home. $100 gift card to Bagel Man. And a free one-year VIP subscription to Hoist the Colors. All right, Carrie, so you uh, are winner number one, so there's a lot of stuff in this treasure chest. Anything in particular? Polar Express movie. It's like the Polar Express movie. <laughs> <laughs> what, uh, what uh, if anything, is standing out to you? Anything in particular you're, you're hoping to get? You know, I can't, I can't complain about any of it. My 11-year-old, who is absolutely dumbfounded sitting beside me, that I was able to get in would probably go for the air use. Okay. Are the uh yeah, the Sawyer's fun park. Yeah. That would be uh that would be huge. All right. Uh let me ask this because if I don't, Troy will be upset with me. Uh-oh. He loves to chat up the listeners. And Bryce, if you have any questions to for Carrie, please oh, let us know. That. Uh Carrie, what do you do uh here in uh around town? Um, I actually work at Alliance One International as an enterprise systems manager. All right. Ah. Wow. Out, of far, out of Farmville? Out of Farmville. Well, yep. actually, I'm, I'm virtual now. I'm working from home. 
Oh, okay. Yeah, right. Alliance One was is based in Farmville. Sounds like a cool business card to have. A lot of a lot of titles there. Yeah, it's a good thing. Yeah. Bryce, any questions? I don't know. I'm drawing a blank. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I'll tell you what. Let's uh, open it up. Uh-oh. We got our uh, our mini chest here. Mini chest. Right here on the table. I need to build one. Uh, yeah. Could you do that during the uh, the week? Maybe build us a big chest. I will try that, actually. You got me all curious. All right. There's your homework. Um, all right, Bryce. I'm going to open up this envelope here. Oh, it's folded up. Yeah. I'm going to unfold this, and you are uh, going to tell Carrie what oh, she man. has won on this Wednesday. I tell you, Carrie, you got you a good one here. You got a $100 gift card to tiebreakers. All right. Hello? Here. <laughs> you there <laughs> carrie hundred dollar gift card to tiebreakers what do you think that's awesome that's a gift for me not my not my son <laughs> <laughs> sorry he'll have he to had wait to give you a look there yeah i have to wait till christmas uh, a lot of great uh food to tiebreakers we've been enjoying that all season yes. long on the fifth quarter and a uh, great place to watch a game so carrie congratulations we will get this to you and uh hope you have a happy uh, holidays merry christmas you too merry christmas guys merry Thank christmas you. Carrie Brown, our first winner on the 2021 Pirate Radio Treasure Chest, a $100 gift card to Tiebreakers. And I had the Barnyard Burger last week, and it was phenomenal. I like an egg on my burger, Bryce. How about you? Oh, goodness. You get me. If I could choose every topping, if they meant a burger that had everything, it would be a foot tall. I mean, (laughs) yeah, I went went there one night and I sat at the bar and, and I. I was looking at the menu, and I usually just get wings at tiebreakers. And I was looking at the burgers, and I was like, "Man, all these burgers look great." And mm-hmm. I just looked at the guy beside me. I said, "Hey," I said, "He was eating a burger." I said, "What burger do you have?" He said, "It's the best one on the menu, the barnyard burger." Mm. And he's like, "It's got an egg on it. If you don't mind I an egg, I'm like, no, nah, I don't mind." Especially so. if it's over easy egg. Yeah, I With got a little oozy. You know what was awesome? Uh, I broke out, so we got it to go. I got it here in the studio. Mm. Went to eat it picked it up and the yolk started like dripping out oh yeah and i was like i'm in for a good time Golly. that's yeah. good you can't have an egg on a burger i feel like if it's not like over easy or yeah. you know oozing boy um, boy boy but the one that's good is the is it the breakfast burger or the waffle burger and it's, it's between two waffles uh, yeah i hadn't had that one and like the maple uh aioli they put on there it's got like a sugar crunch to it and the bacon and is there an egg on it? I don't know if there's I feel like we it. talk a lot about food and we it's get great. hungry I'm when you join it. us on Wednesdays. We yes, do this every day. I know, time. and it's wonderful. <laughs> uh, God, I need to step. They need to throw in. If there's not an egg on it, I should know. But I'm making a recommendation to tiebreakers. They didn't put an egg on that burger. There probably is. I but if not, is. Bryce Williams says do it right now. Please. All right. I tell you what, Shirley. Uh, congratulations, Carrie Brown. Let's take another time out. We'll come back. We'll go Pirate Radio Outdoors with a special edition of Pirate Radio Indoors with Bryce Williams as we roll on on a Wednesday. Back with you after this.
You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Taking a quick look at your Buccaneer scoreboard in terms of top 25 college basketball. Villa, number six Villanova is at Pennsylvania at 7 o'clock. Seton Hall will host Wagner at 7. Number 18 Memphis is on the road to Georgia for a 17, uh, 715 tip-off. Number 22 Michigan State will host Louisville at 715. Number 14 Florida will face off against Oklahoma at 8 o'clock. And number 12 BYU will travel to Utah Valley. That's a 9 o'clock tip off. And North Carolina will host number 24 Michigan tonight in the Big Ten ACC Challenge. That tip off is slated for 9 15. That is a look at your Buck scoreboard brought to you by the Buccaneer Music Hall. It's your beacon of music in the land of the Pirates in eastern North Carolina. The uh, hall is open from noon until 2 a.m. with live music every night. And now during football season, they have food trucks during the day. Follow the Buck on Facebook and Instagram for an updated schedule. And we will see you at the Buck. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip Brock. All right, back with you on Pirate Radio Live. We just made Carrie our first winner of the Pirate Radio Treasure Chest, a $100 <laughs> gift card to Tiebreakers. And how about this? here at pirate radio we bring people together josh says uh i met my now fiance last year at tiebreakers when i went in to use the gift card i won last year on pirate radio how about that we're oh. ch- we're changing lives wow mm. matchmakers wow so there's standing there's a chance for you chandler i'm waiting <laughs> i need to quit this job and try to win the treasure chest yeah, yeah unfortunately <laughs> you can't win so uh I don't know though. Maybe you'll be watching the um, your Carolina Panthers the tiebreakers one day, and the, mm-hmm. a, le- a lucky lady will cry with me over a loss. <laughs> Wait, are, are you crying about Cam Newton too? Here's my shoulder. <laughs> Use my shoulder to cry. You would be the one crying on her shoulder, probably. Yeah, yeah probably. Way. All right. Hey, good story there, Josh. Cool, neat story. Cool, neat story. Thank you. Mm. All right, uh, Bryce. We were just talking during the break about deer. Cool, because, neat story. Thank you, Jeff. The last two uh, Sundays, I've driven to RDU, and luckily I don't have to this Sunday. Uh, and I talked about because you travel to your your uh, where's your homeland near Winston Salem? Winston Salem. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I said, Bryce, is there like a crazy amount of dead deer on the side of the road this year? And I, I don't know, maybe it's the the same as any normal year. But you said this is the time of year when mm-hmm. you see it. And uh, you said on the way here to the studio, you saw a lot of live deer. I mean, the deer are everywhere. Oh, it's, right it's now. crazy. And like I was telling you earlier, I mean, I'm rubbernecking. I'm in every field. I'm turning back, seeing deer. And then if there is deer, I maybe look at them a little too long. And as always, sure to say, would you get your eyes on the road? But I can't help it. Um, I mean, I, about, I mean, one field, I better guarantee there's like, I bet I told you 30 over the break. I guarantee it had to be more than that because some fields i mean i knew had double digits in them i saw one buck and i wish i could just stop on the side of the road and glass them but unfortunately cars were behind me um and i didn't have my binoculars so i couldn't do that but um i swear i saw one way off in the beans and i I mean it had to have been i could see the silhouette because there's no other type of like grown-up grasses or anything in the bean field so it had to have been a buck and we'll say it was a buck so 
that it just drives me crazy. I'm like, dang, I wish I could be in the woods right now or hunting. But unfortunately, it's the work week, so I, I can't. But yeah, um, I was able to see some deer Saturday. Okay, and that I guess leads us into the next Pirate Radio Outdoors. So, what have you been doing uh, this past week, Bryce? Hunting and fishing related. Fortunately, um, I was able to be in the woods and the water, woods and water. When I can do both, I mean that is great. Um, but on Saturday, no. Where, we, where am I at right now? Where are we at? We're at Wednesday right now. Wednesday. I haven't told you any deer stories, right? <laughs> no, I don't think. Oh, it was Thanksgiving morning. Actually, it was me, my buddy D-Watt, my other buddy Hudson, and my brother Sean. And Sean hasn't been able to kill a deer deer hunt in two years. He's just busy. And we all went into the woods on my buddy's land um, that he's been hunting for a few years. So we go, well, me and D-Watt, we're like, we well, you know what? We're going to go. I'm just going to sit on the ground. And it's up in um, the mountains-ish and uh or stokes county and so i'm just gonna sit on the ground so he was on one side of the ridge i was on the other and my sean and my other buddy were there in a blind several hundred yards away while we get in there i'm creeping along because i like to do things kind of old school and be on the ground or you know be in their element Mm -hmm. and sure enough it was getting to where you could see but couldn't see but i knew there's some deer down in the bottom because i was sort of up on the ridge a little bit and i could see him and it sounded like chasing like it wasn't just like a deer walking it was kind of like and then like stop and then just a bunch of shuffling which a buck is you know chasing a doe this time of year and i was like well shoot okay well i'll settle down well they ended up going around i guess walking the ridge and i told my buddy hey there's deer coming back down the ridge down the holler to where you are and uh he's like well i'm only gonna shoot a buck he's like, i'm not gonna drag a doe out of these mountains and uh so sure enough he's we're texting yeah there's a bunch of deer around me dang and she saw me ran off and then they all ran off and then a few moments later boom and it was like 7 20. i mean so it's just we've been in the woods 25 minutes mm. and i said buck and he said oh yeah good one and uh sure enough he shot a nice you know nice eight pointer um on the ground and what was funny was i was just talking to him that week hey bud like i want to come hunting you know let's just sit on the ground you know just hunt like that and you know, be you know, old school and all like that. And sure enough, we talk it up, and he shoots a good buck. Um, sitting on the ground, dropped him right away, but he showed me where he shot, like as far as like in the woods. And it was, I mean, I was like, how in the world did you even shoot him? He just shot through all this thick stuff, but uh, smoked him, and he, he dropped. So that was fun to do that. We were hoping my buddy and my brother would, you know, see a deer, but um, unfortunately, I didn't see anything. But uh, so then that was that. I was on Thanksgiving, so a good Thanksgiving. Yeah. I mean, it was perfect. I mean, you, the leaves are falling. You're in the mountains. It's cold. Just a very ideal, you know, situation. Very nice out there. Um, well, then you know we go home. So I'm like, well, heck, let me go fishing with Jake and my buddy Patrick. You know, Jake's a great fisherman. Patrick's a great fisherman. Um, and I'm like, we're about to. And we took my boat. And I said, man, I'm on because I kind of don't have. I wouldn't say it's luck. Cause, I mean, obviously, there's some skill involved, or you know, anyways, I don't normally wear the fish out, so I'm thinking, oh man, I got them two with me on my boat. Yeah, yeah, we're going to wear them. They're out. the good luck charm, and they went and they wore. And my buddy Patrick wore wore the trout out in the creek this two weekends ago, so we fished that same area. What do you think? Oh, no, we call between daylight and 4 30 that evening. 
We caught seven fish total. I did catch a nice redfish, uh, but he didn't catch a trout, but three when the first one was caught at 2.30 mm. in the afternoon. And so that was a like call there. I mean, it was oh, yeah. cold out there. Nice. Um, so, I mean, I'm, I'm happy I caught that and a little flounder. Jake caught two perch. We didn't get skunked, which is always good. But you're just thinking, really? And then I had another buddy who's a good fisherman who fished in a different area and wore the trout out. And I'm like, I guess that's what I call it fishing. But it was a good time. We had, a, you know, it was real fun out there to be on the boat and hanging out with them. And, um, they get skunked, they'll catch a good fish. And what was funny about the redfish I caught is, you know, I'm using a jig and I'm catching, we get him to the boat. Well, he already had, uh, it's called a popping cork and a leader and a, a artificial shrimp in his mouth already, right in his throat. And he was swimming around with it in his mouth. From like a previous? Previous yeah. person that he broke off. Oh, wow. But he didn't get me. No, <laughs> sir. He didn't get my night. My knots are tied tight and strong, and I got good line. Hey, that's good preparation, right? So it was kind of funny. And the, I mean, it was literally right. It wasn't like he was in his gut. Like it was in his, like, right in the back of his mouth. So it was like, and he was still eating. Had the dang line out, and the bobber was wow. underwater. And it must have been there a while because the bobber actually had some growth on it so i was like yeah i mean he left it on to show the other fish exactly like, i'm the man like, exactly come get me yeah <laughs> so yeah it was good I, woods and water when i can do that it's a good time all right double w there for oh, bryce I did, I williams you wow you go change the tune Troy would be upset i didn't bring up the indoors all right do we Charlie? uh i guess cut the music uh hit the um for indoors hit the masterpiece theater that's in the uh press box folder Maybe for Pirate Radio Indoors, because this is like the finer side of life. Okay, hold on. It should be in the press box uh, folder, in the um, hotkeys, and it'll say something like Masterpiece Theater or something. But anyway, Bryce Williams has a Pirate Radio Indoors update that does involve Troy D. It does. Troy reminded me. I said, saw him walking in. He said, hey, don't forget about, you know, our time indoors. Oh, yeah, that's right. You know, obviously, I go to the game. Should I wait on the music? No, nah, go ahead. Okay. I'm working on it. Okay. And uh, sure enough, you know, go to the game, and I'm out at the stadium, and I see, I was just on Instagram, I see CJ's there. You know, CJ he's struck. struck. You yeah. know, he was up in his seats up in the tower and all that. But, oh, cool. I messaged him. Oh, so you're in the tower. I, I ended up in the tower, yes. Okay. And, uh, but I was, I met it the first half, I was out, and my a good buddy of mine uh, had got me tickets. I'm so very grateful for the tickets he got because they were actually great tickets. Um, being a season was there and I underestimated the weather, so I was getting cold. I was I was gonna muscle it out, right? But uh <laughs> you know, so I knew CJ was there. Well then halftime he sees me, Hey bud, you know, you want you know, you wanna come up, you know, you wanna um come up here? And I was like, Well sure. And so we hung out the first, you know, the second half and it was always, you know, obviously good to see CJ and hang out with him, especially, you know, at a game. That was our first was that our first game I think we've been together. Um so I had to enjoy that. Well, then Troy D texts me, hey, where you at? And I told him where I'm at. And sure enough, a few moments later, old uh, Troy D's uh, come knocking on the door. So we got to have a good time and um, enjoy the game, you know, up in the tower and everything. And um, it was nice. You know, of course, the wind would have definitely solidified the moment. But it, it was good to be with CJ and have an old Troy there. You know, good uh, good company. So that was the indoors. Um, so thanks to my... My buddy Nathan, he got me the ticket, so I appreciate that. And then CJ for having me up at his uh, tower room. Tower room suite? What is tower it? room sounds tower good. Tower room. 
That sounds kind of... A sweet, I think, a would sweet. be appropriate. Uh, Bryce, you are a, no surprise to anyone, a country fella. Yeah. Um, you know, Garth Brooks, friends in low places. You got mm-hmm. friends in low... But also, you can class it up. Like, do you feel like you're a chameleon where you can adapt? <laughs> if you're in the outdoors, you can hang out with the oh, pores yeah. and... If you're, uh, you know, want to get a little snooty, you can hang out in a sure, in a yeah, suite. yeah. Especially, I've, you know, I've got, you know, I got my outdoor clothes where it needed, and then when I need to dress up, I've got them. Thanks to Anna, has definitely spiced up my my wardrobe, nicer clothes. She's I refined guess. you a bit. She's right. refined me a little bit in my better, my more of a style because I used to just wear Carhartts all the time, but and I enjoy it, you know. So uh, I can't, I can go. I'm a chameleon, I guess you could say. That's good. That's good. Yeah. To fit in with different types of yes. people. We, yeah, that's a good thing. All right. Shirley, what'd you think of that indoors update? Y'all did a good <laughs> job done. of uh, we were conducting. conducting. Yes, it was nice. It kept me on key. It was and, very proper. <laughs> you know, I looked up something earlier and I'm embarrassed. Uh, I'll see if everybody knows this. So a, uh, a group of fish is called a school a right. fish odd though you know a pack of wolves it's called a pack so i was gonna ask bryce what is a group of deer called and i looked it up and was like oh yeah i probably should have known that yeah but what is it do you know it does anybody know it yeah, probably a, well i'm gonna let them guess if or maybe know. it's not as dumb as i thought but i heard uh-huh. what's your guess really no idea. Yeah, yeah I, I didn't really I have an idea. I don't. You were going to say herd? Yeah. The answer is herd. A plethora. Uh, a plethora. <laughs> yes. I rode by and saw a plethora. A plethora. What, what is it again? Herd. Herd. Oh, it is a herd. It's a herd. Mm-hmm. It's a herd of deer. Oh, okay. Yeah, which uh, I guess makes sense. I kind of wish we could have a game. What is this called? A group of what? But ah, new game we'll play next. We'll do ah, that, we'll do that look, if I remember next week. Wait a minute. So did you? Do you know what a uh, group of hippos are called? Is this oh, the Corey wow. Glore thing? Yes. Oh, I have a, uh, no idea. A, I believe it's called a bevy. A, no. I don't know. I think it's called a glutton, if I'm not mistaken. Really? Wait, so, Bryce, before you came to East Carolina, you played for the Marshall Thundering deer. group of deer? No. They're, they're bison. I was that about to correct. say, is that bison? Yes. That or a buffalo. Surely a group of hippos is called a bloat. That's exactly a right. Bloat. Yeah, a it bloat. was a bloat. I knew it had something to do with like gluttony or something because I remember nearly driving off the road because I thought it was funny. That is a bloat. cool bloat. If you ever a see bloat a bloat of, of hippos, hippos, I'd probably go the other this way. This would be a good yeah. game, but I'm definitely going to need a study guy if we start going deep. Yeah. Deep. What I, is uh, Gosling? No. I, I want to say gosling goose ryan gosling Gosling? what is a group of ryan goslings called (laughs) gosling i was thinking of goosling i feel like i feel like geese have different a thing but maybe that's just a flock of geese and maybe i'm Uh, just imagining myself imagining myself (laughs) all right let's take a time (laughs) out (laughs) whatever yeah that's a good time to go to break uh we will take a time out come back get ready to wrap it up i gaggle i knew it was something weird with a g A gaggle. A gaggle of geek. A gaggle of This will be a fun game. We're going to do this one day. All right, let's uh, take a break. We'll come back, wrap it up after this. Hey, boy, we got to make
You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Did you miss a show on Pirate Radio? Well, you can listen to all of Pirate Radio's archived uh, local programming by subscribing to us on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or Spotify. Subscribe today by going to the podcast app on your iPhone or Apple device and search for Pirate Radio Audio Archives. Now let's head back into the show. Here's Clip. Dang, we went overtime. Dang. Dang. We're overtime. I know. That's why Um, I was like, ooh, let me hurry up and get back in. Bryce, uh, we don't have a game to predict yet, but you want to predict our opponent for the military ball? Well, he said ACC team. And an option, but is it going to be any ACC team? Sure, just pick one. Uh, I'm going to go... That's a lot of options. For some reason, um, I don't know why Boston College is coming up. Okay. But are they even bowl eligible? I believe so, yeah. Okay, there we go. BC, says Bryce Williams. Bryce, thanks for joining us, bud. Thank y'all for having me. I'll I'll talk to you next week. Congratulations, Kerry Brown, for being our first winner of many winners coming up in the treasure chest. We'll open it up again on Thursday. Big show, John Gilbert joins us. Tim Kraft from Gardner-Webb, Kevin Monroe, and a lot more. We will see you then. So long, everybody. Thanks for listening to Pirate Radio Live, an exclusive presentation of the voice of the Pirate Nation.